Uh, okay, light is green. Let's cue intro. Ooh, we have lines going. Yeah, that looks better. No, 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 no! Ah! Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. Talk, the only show in the world featuring David Ladd. It's time to grease your weasel and do whatever yo pleasel, because we're about to rock your 8-bit world. Good afternoon and welcome to Cooper Talk as I talk over the slick guitar solo. We're here on episode 254 with our special guests, Tim and AJ from Sibling Rivalries. Are you ready to rock Coco Talk? Let's do it. All right. Without any further ado and all technical difficulties and glitches in the rearview mirror, we are here and get used to it. We got a panel, we got guests, we got a show, we got news, we got all kinds of stuff. We got so much stuff, you're going to have to mention your safe word at some point in time, but we're not there yet, boys and girls. So let's get into our panel introductions. Let's start in the top left-hand corner. Rick Eulin. How are you doing, Rick? Pretty good. Moving right along. Moving right along. We got our backup streamer and co-host, and when my fan was hit, his fan didn't even start spinning, so <laughs> we have to, we had to, we're on plan C at this point. So uh, <laughs> Had to throw some more gas in the dumpster. That's it. Mark Bosley's here. We got Johnny on the chat. Mark Overholzer here. He's always doing the links and answering questions and all kinds of good stuff. We'll get to our special guest here in just a minute. From sunny Arizona, where you can fry an egg when the air conditioning is on, it's Rondelvo. Hello, it's Rondelvo, and goodbye. We got the guy who makes things with switches. Jason Reichert is here. Hello, hello. From O Canada, host of our game segment, Ken Waters, Canadian Retro Things. How's it going, eh? It's going good, eh? All right. We have, uh, we're exceeding our Canadian quota. So what I'd like to do is I would like to donate our, our spare Canadian to the uh, Ukraine Relief Fund. So we've got, we've got an extra Canadian right now we can throw over there. They can apologize for Russia. So, um, but Canadian number two, our interviewee and foreign correspondent, L. Curtis Boyles here. How's it going, eh? Welcome to the show, everyone. All right. And I'm not sure what his voice is going to sound like today. He might need a lozenge. But Brian, the music man, Shoebrings here. Hey, Brian. Hello. Oh, we got a normal voice from him. You never know with that guy. <laughs> that sounds really strange now. Yeah, yeah. Can- Canadian number three, creator of so much content, the world can't even contain it all. But D. Bruce Moore is here. How are you doing? Take off, eh? Duja dobra. Oh, yeah. All right, That's my Ukrainian. Go. There you go. I grew up in the Ukrainian capital of Canada, by the way. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I thought that was Vegreville. No. 
Okay. Well, they got the biggest Easter egg. Yeah, the Pasanka. <laughs> All right. And last but certainly not least on our regular panelists here, the Thunder from Down Under celebrating his 19th Ferrari and his 10th trillion dollar he's made off of video games. Nicholas Marentes is here. Good eye. Ah, oh, crikey. 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 That was a direct quote from a new game. All right. Nick, you need to design a trash can for this show. Uh, so... And in, okay. a whole dumpster. Right. Going to need a dumpster. bigger trash can. In our live chat, we have L. Curtis Boyle, Canadian Retro Things, Jim Ryan, Mark Overholzer, Rick Yu, Mark Overholzer, Sixty, Karen is out there. Chip Monkey sixty eight oh nine is out there. Tom Eric Gunderson, the Taylor and Amy show are there. Everybody, raise a glass, raise your fruit cup if you have one to the Taylor and Amy show. Hello, hello. And Mikey, he likes it, but he says we had an M3.4 earthquake in Silicon Valley when the show started before. That might be why my OBS locked up. <laughs> might have shook some of the transistors in my laptop over here. Mike Miller says my safe word is ortholon- or- orthogonal. Orthogonal? Okay. Mark Overholzer. Tim Franklin is here. All right. So we've said hi to our guests. We've gotten all of that out of the way. It's time to get on with the uh, serious part of the show where we... Um, That's where likely we, to happen. Yeah, yeah. We have a serious, serious part? We do. Serious? We do have a serious part of our show. Seriously? And, um, I'm not a host because I, I think when I jumped off, can you... Um, can you? Curtis can, is the host. Can somebody host me so I can uh, spotlight? Oh, I don't even know. How, to, how do you switch that? I didn't uh, right I mouse click on me and hit make host. I'm not sure who the host is right now. It's Curtis. The Curtis. host with the most. Hey, it's not me. No, you said, oh, yeah, it says like... host and guest. Yeah, so you're a host. Yeah, just right click on Coco Talk and then say make host. Okay, so I got to do this. Oops. Or you could spotlight sibling do it right live. Either way. Just a short maintenance period. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that easy. All okay. right, I am now the host. I've now been hosted. All right. Welcome. I'm so, used to doing this whole thing. Yes. So now we get to the serious part of our show where we have special guests, uh, Tim and AJ from the hit YouTube series, Sibling Rivalries. That's just burning up the charts. Uh, the influencers, the hit makers, the movers and the shakers of what's going on with these kids on the YouTube these days is here. So um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's Excellent. fun to be back. And uh, as you as you know, you're going to be interviewed by a famous Canadian, uh, L. Curtis Boyle. Yeah, take it so, away, I'm, Bruce. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm hoping more for a group interview in this this case, not just me. <laughs> All right, so take it away, L. Curtis Boyle. Why don't you start? Or let me start with my first question. You guys are, are brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. And how long have you guys been brother and sister? <laughs> our, our whole lives. Your whole lives. Oh, that's amazing. Fif- that's a- 50 years. <laughs> okay, no further questions. Curtis, take it away. <laughs> well, I think the biggest burning question from anybody who's watched the show is, what does AJ stand for? A uh, full long name is Anjanette. Uh, is that one word or two Jeanette. words? You're named after an ice skater, right? No, uh, an actress. Uh, in the 60s, there's a movie called Love, The Loved Ones, which was based on a book. And my parents, who were dating, went to see that movie. And the 
I guess, blonde uh, title actress in the movie was named Anjanette, was her real name. Anjanette Gomes, Gomes? Don't know. And uh, (laughs) they said, we should name our daughter that. There you go. I was named after an insurance agent. (laughs) (laughs) Right. True story. That is a true story. That's true. Uh Death of a Salesman? Was that that movie they watched that time? <laughs> it's a good thing. At least they, they didn't name you. They said didn't name you State Farm. <laughs> Jake, yeah, Jake from State Farm. It would have been Farmers. Farmers. <laughs> farmers, uh, Lindner. Bum, bum, ba-dum, bum, bum. So, so if you don't mind me asking, where, where did you guys grow up then? Was it in California or whereabouts? Yeah, we grew up uh, near Modesto, California. Little town called Patterson. Okay. And now your home's worth a million (laughs) dollars. And YouTube stars, yeah. Yeah, we we grew up on a horse farm in the middle of um, uh, ag ag country. Mm -hmm. In the middle of uh, apricot orchards. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you're near Steve Jobs, because didn't he work in some of those orchards back in the day? Well, across the the mountains over... over, uh, over toward the ocean. Yeah. Oh, you guys didn't slum with him yeah, over Silicon, there. Silicon Valley back then was was a very ag as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, took if, if Steve Jobs me? worked closer to them, he would have called the company Apricot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who took the picture of the exploding cocoa behind you? That is a rendering by Erico Monterio uh, for sale. Um, or you can download it and print it yourself. It's on the Cocoa Archive. Neat. It it's, beautiful. it's beautiful. Everybody should get one. Oh. oh, it's exploded. I thought maybe it had exploded and it was damaged or something. <laughs> now, are there any other siblings in the family, too, or is it just the two of you? Uh, um, my other brother, who is the middle brother, middle age in the middle of us, age-wise. <laughs> uh, and it- is there any plans for him to ever be on the show, or is he much of a, a video gamer on that kind he, of thing? He, he participates in his own way. You'll have to figure out how. Okay. Are you going to tell him? <laughs> no, I don't want to tell him. No. Little brother not included. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is he for the drinks? He's the little brother. The other middle. one is the laundry brother? Middle, middle brother. Middle, middle. Middle. I called him middle as in middle. Middle. Oh, M-I-D-D-L-E. Middle brother. Is he the guy behind your head, AJ? I'm sorry, what? Is he the guy behind your head? That's an art. That's an art uh, thing. The the pose. Oh. oh. <laughs> the art that the art thingy. This guy. This guy. Yeah, that's yeah. the middle brother. It's right. This is, this is, this is the middle brother. That's a yes. stand-in. There you go. <laughs> we'll, we'll, Charles, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. there's Charles. brother. Charles, Charles, we, we named we name dropped you. Yeah. You obviously didn't feed him. He, he, he seems a little stiff. Tell him to loosen up. It's okay. This is a fun show. So, yeah. uh, so the next question I have is, um, obviously, your, your, your show is about sibling rivalry playing video games and stuff. So what video game consoles and or computers did you guys grow up with? I realize you've talked about this on the show, but there's a lot of people here that have not seen the show yet. So and shame we'll, on we'll them. try to suck them into watching it yeah. by giving some background. Yeah. Well, the the first console we got was a Atari Twenty Six Hundred, uh, and then we got an Intellivision. And by that time, I think AJ moved off to college, and uh, one day I got a NES. And I'm, 
I've been a Nintendo fanboy ever since. And how about home computers as well? Uh, the Coco. That's the only home computer that uh, I ever I ever had. And AJ can talk about her computing experience as a child. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was easy. Next question. <laughs> so was, was AJ around when you had the Coco or did she, she yeah. have gone to college by then? Okay. I was. Yeah. I was pissed too. My dad spent a lot of money on that. And I was like, <laughs> well, I, I, you spent a lot of money on me. You, you got a horse. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I, th I think you guys have mentioned that on the on the show too, that, you know, Tim still has his cocos, but you don't still have your horse, do you? No. Cal <laughs> is long gone. <sighs> Horses, I love them. I'll have them again someday when I'm retired. <laughs> and rich now i, I just going by my my sibling robbery because i have a middle brother and a younger sister in my case and uh my brother played you know video games a little bit but not as much as, as i did my sister wanted pretty well nothing to do with computers whatsoever so was that kind of a similar situation with you three yeah. or, or the two of you or or did aj actually play some video games with you uh when we got the atari and and then later the intellivision we played a lot but I always lost, always. And I would always run off screaming and crying because I was so pissed off that I never won. And so but I kept trying. <laughs> so this shows yeah. your revenge, actually, because now you've been kicking Tim's ass all the time. So I know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> My hand-eye coordination's gotten better, I guess. <laughs> And obviously, Tim's has gotten worse. Yeah. Could be due to I, his alcohol problem. Thanks for pointing I don't know up, what it could be. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's don't, don't a mystery it to me. I think Tim has too big of a coconut, and that's why it's going down. <laughs> How come you don't wear glasses, Tim? Um, I, He's I, in denial. I'm in denial. I need them for reading, but that's about it. My, my long-distance vision is fine. And I have the worst vision ever. I might rival you on that, speaking of sibling. I really... <laughs> um, so I guess the next question I have is, uh, obviously, you went to college, and, and Tim stayed with the Coco stuff. And he's, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, he's very active on the Coco side of MAME development, too. Um, so what prompted you guys to start this show? Like, was there some specific thing that happened that prompted you to do it? Or is this kind of you guys just bantered back and forth and thought, what the hell? Or how did it start? You want, you want to tell me? There you go. So uh, I moved up here to Oregon and we started spending a lot more time together. And she saw, I, I wanted to make sure all of my old computer and old console collection still work. So I brought it all out and I was starting to play it and, and she saw it and it just hit her. She had the idea to do a, a YouTube show. So it was her idea, not yours. That, okay, that, that's a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Now was this, but. Well, I was going to say, when he first uh, moved up here to, to Oregon, he worked on a video project for like weeks. And oh, weeks. yeah, Salient Assembly, that one video I did. And I and I was kind of keeping an eye on that, going, well, you're spending a lot of time on that. And then when he pulled out all his video games, I'm like, we should be playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should be doing. About, about five years ago, we got you into Minecraft. Yes. AJ has taken up Minecraft big time. Ah. I'm, I'm a hardcore Minecraft. She's a builder. Okay. 
That's in common with Stevie. Aren't you still heavily into Minecraft? I haven't been, but I did, I've spent many hours in it. Now, do you build survival or creative? Uh, I uh, they introduced me in survival, and I uh, I play almost creative is cheating. I play exclusively <laughs> in survival, and I play on a community um, server, and it's fantastic yeah well creative is better if you just want to build because you have you know you just pull pull out what you want and you make you have an unlimited you know supply of stuff but yeah oh good yeah. cool cool so as, as tim kind of sucked you back into the video game retro gaming stuff did you suck him into minecraft like is tim an avid minecrafter now oh too, no or? i i me and my brother uh were huge minecraft players and uh, we both one day said you know, AJ would probably really like this. And so we uh, we got her into it and she stayed with it more than me and Charles. They had to beg me to play because of my like PTSD about PTSD. Uh, oh, uh, OCD? <laughs> OCD. Okay, no, similar, my... very similar. They're very similar. They're, they're, they are acronyms. My, my uh, anxiety about video games was so high because they were awful. I was like, I still had bad memories from childhood of like I'm I can't play video games. I'm not a video oh, game player. That is PTSD. It. Yeah, that is PTSD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, OCD is like when you're obsessed with organization. Okay, so PTSD uh, is like you're haunted. I have OCD yeah. regarding Minecraft, so I switched. <laughs> right, right. Every... Now is that what rebuilt your confidence to try this this retro challenge with uh, with yeah, Tim? Is possibly, that you could, you could yeah? Like, like it took away the stigma that video games were hard and, and and you you watch a lot of youtube videos with uh, minecrafters yeah i got really i'm really addicted to uh minecraft videos on youtube i watch a lot of them for for inspiration and mm -hmm. yeah. laughs <laughs> okay do a shout out for your favorite for your favorite couple on, on... Um, the server I belong to and my two favorite mine, uh, Minecrafters are uh, Jax the Legend, JJ, and Wild. They're Australians. They're Australians. Cool people. They're really great people and they have an amazing server. Cool. Oh, so they're Australians unlike Nick. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't um, have any kids, do you? Yes. And are they gamers too or no? No. No. I have two daughters and neither of them game. Uh, my daughter definitely is like anti-games. Uh, her and her boyfriend get in fights over him playing games. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but I do have um, my stepson plays games. Yeah. He's a gamer. He thinks this show is really cool. Oh, excellent. He's got great taste then too. So. <laughs> Has he, has he tried playing any of the retro games, or is he strictly a modern gamer? He has a GameCube that he considers retro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that about that. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, retro is relative to when you were born, you know? So if it's yeah. Yeah. For 20 yeah. years in your rearview mirror, yeah, that's it's a moving target for everybody. So, yeah. Yeah, that's an ongoing debate. Like, what, what should you count as retro? I know the Amigos were discussing that lately, and, you know, Boat and Aaron have very different ideas because there's a 10-year difference between them. So, so I, one thing I really like about the sibling rivalry is it's very honest reactions to each other, you know, with a bit of alcohol tipping in it as well. So you, you get to see, like, the actual rivalry happening. Sometimes you guys are actually cooperative, too. 
Um, so I was wondering, I mean, it's called sibling rivalry. So you're usually playing, well, you're basically always playing two player games and then, you know, some of them can be cooperative, like say joust on certain levels or other ones are just strictly competitive. Um, have you guys ever considered doing a second podcast called sibling cooperative? <laughs> well, we just played dungeons. That's going to be next week's video. And, uh, that's a cooperative game and we did horribly at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hard game. I want to shout out to Sixie because uh, he did a really good port there. He he encouraged me to try it this time. Okay. Yeah, because that was my next question. Was Is it just impossible to have a, a cooperative game between the two of you, or are you always like rivals? Well, uh, it's not impossible, but Dungeons was so frenetic. We, we were never in the same place at the same time. We we didn't really cooperate. And... Uh, <laughs> well, I think Gauntlet, we kind of watched that, because somebody would try to go right off the screen, somebody's going left and on like Dungeons. If you're at the opposite ends, you, neither, nobody moves. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Dungeons isn't like Gauntlet. Um, no, Dungeons but you can actually it. wander separately, yeah? Yeah, you can wander separately. It's really nice like that. Of course, you just get a little small little uh, quarter of a window, but it's enough. So you guys have got what twenty episodes now? We're pretty close yep. to it. Twenty-two. Can't believe it, actually. Twenty-one <laughs> that have been published and one in the can. One in the can. Look at so you. Do you, you guys record busy. like? Do you guys record one at a time every weekend, or do you guys record like several in a weekend and then kind of have a couple week break? How does that work? At the beginning, we did it one at a time every Friday. Uh, Friday for obvious reasons. There's there's a bar near here. Happy hour. <laughs> We hit happy we call hour, that we come home, we play video games. But the, uh, recently we switched to doing three on one day and then taking breaks. And it is, it's much nicer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not drunk all the time. <laughs> At least I. until episode three. Yeah. Right. Oh, exactly. Oh man, you can, you can uh, pick those up pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> the first step is admitting that you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. You need a fourth game is the problem. Um, <laughs> I, I guess one thing to get to get along with the, the drinking side of things here. Do you each have a favorite drink and is it the same? Oh, uh, my favorite drink is a gin and tonic. Uh, I probably drink more cosmopolitans than anything, but I, I mix it up almost every week. I mean, I drink beer. I mean, there's except for tequila. Don't like tequila, but almost all other alcohol I like. Are you familiar right. with the uh, WeFax drinking game? Whenever Rondo <laughs> mentions the word we, we uh, facts, you have to take a drink. AJ you'll you'll leave bigger coconuts for this game. but uh, I don't know that game. It's not, it's not a game. Yeah, it's, it's right next to Spectacular. <laughs> yeah. uh, do, do you guys, uh, are you able to stay on and play the game without having to go potty room or anything? I mean, Oh, yeah, yeah. Game. I haven't hit that age yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, there's breaks between the recordings. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we try to keep our shows uh, under 20 minutes. Yeah. So if you take breaks and stuff there, do, do you guys like spend like three or four hours together on a Friday to record three shows or? Yeah. Yeah. And is there any mass amounts of pre-planning? I, mean, I know sometimes it sounds like you have tried the game before you record. Other times it sounds like you kind of just winged it. This... Oh, I, I, I always uh, show AJ the game uh, beforehand. I. I She's just so quick to accuse me of cheating that I, I got to the point where, okay, we're, we're just going to play it. We're, we're not going to show the first experience. That's not what the show's about. Uh, we're going we're gonna to show a rivalry. And to do that, uh, we, I got to get her good at the game. And, and that's why she's beating me every week. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're teaching her too well by the sounds of it. Yeah. yeah. 
Are you guys making any money on on uh, publishing the? It's like sixty forty AJ sixty. <laughs> no, we haven't hit the thresholds for uh, monetization yet, so oh, okay. there's no money involved. Yeah, tell yet. your friends, I, like, and subscribe. That's a, that's, a, that's a division by zero, Aaron. No. If, any of, if any of you want to sponsor an episode, I'll uh, we'll, we'll consider it. Oh, that's true. Host reads. <laughs> will, you, will you consider WeFax as a sponsor? <laughs> Absolutely. Wait till you find out what it is. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, I bet. <laughs> okay now since since some uh, you've been covering some video game systems at aj you said you played when you were younger um do you have a favorite out of the stuff that you've played back in your youth that you've come back to and and now that you've you know you're much more competitive with tim on it uh, that is, do you have a favorite out of the 22 episodes you've done so far what, what's that it's the first one we did i was oh. the first one i requested we play it was uh, utopia on um in television that's a very special game it was, I I think if I won any games, it would be that one every now and again, I'd win. Sure. Uh, There's a bit of randomness in there. Yeah, yeah. And so I liked it because I felt like I had more of a chance with that one than the other games. Uh, so I love that game. Okay. <clears throat> like why, why I like Minecraft, it's sort of like. Yeah. And for games that you've never played before and that were kind of brand new to you during the show here, what's what's your favorite out of those? Um, the race car. What else? <laughs> I don't even. We paid three. So it was, it was pissed up too. Uh -huh. It was on the cocoa, and it was the one where I won at the last minute. Oh yes, that <laughs> is that was... what you accidentally accidentally pit stopped because you forgot to tell her about that? Yes, yeah. I was winning so hard, and then I had this random pit stop that I didn't do on t on purpose, and. <laughs> I passed her. And he and I couldn't get out of it because I didn't he didn't introduce me. Like I didn't have an experience of how to do yeah. the pit stop. We, we, we played the game ahead of time, but I didn't think it would be a um part of the game. Uh but you know, looking back, it's it's really easy to pit stop. You just you just go into the right corner at the right time. And yeah, that was me cheating. We're gonna have a rematch of that one. Yeah, we should. And I did love it. I, I had a good time with that one. Yeah, that's a really good game. And, I like how, the high energy ones. I like the ones where there's like action and we're battling it out. And your favorite's Utopia, probably the lowest energy game we've ever played. <laughs> that was my favorite as a kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would suggest Le Mans. Then it's an old spectral game where you're you're two people on a racetrack. It's just the top you type thing, but you have this annoying dog running across that keeps screaming your cars, and there's you know, <laughs> random bits of debris that just show up and. You know, Jerry can so you can cheat and get an extra free lap. That would be a fun one to watch the two of you. All right. Put it on the list. Yeah, it's on the list. Actually, while, while, while I mentioned that, does anybody else here have any two-player games on Coco or any other video game consoles like Atari 26 on the television that they would like to suggest for the Tim and oh, AJ yeah. to try? You guys yeah, have done Joust already? Yeah. yeah. You've done Joust, okay. Yeah. That turned out too. to be more really difficult yeah. uh, because... That's a really fast game, and uh, we kept we kept killing each other. <laughs> no, even when you weren't supposed to. Yeah, we were trying to play cooperatively, but we it was it's just so easy to to take out your opponent in that game. Yeah. Now was that all accidental, or was that some in inborn you know subtle <laughs> personality thing coming through there? <laughs> I I wouldn't be able to comment on that. <laughs> I I don't have that kind of self reflection. <laughs> 
Are your parents still alive? No. 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 So they didn't get to see you become YouTube stars. That's too bad. <laughs> no. My dad would have loved it. My dad would have yeah. loved, loved it. Yeah. I don't think he ever watched YouTube. I think he passed before. YouTube, uh, YouTube wasn't right? really a thing when he died. Yeah. Mm. Was he into video games at all then? Or? Oh, yeah. He, was... he, he loved Doom. Oh, wow. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he took a real liking to Doom and flights him. We have a suggestion from the Taylor and Amy show for you guys to play Microbes Cooperative with Joysticks. So that's kind of the uh, asteroid. Yeah, one controls the shooting and one controls the flying. That should be fun. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to shoot. Uh, we we, we want to thank uh, the Taylor and Amy show for, uh, for the coconut, the, the coconut ideas. Yeah. <laughs> this interview is going better and better as it goes along. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till they each hit their second coconut. It's really going to get good then. I think it finally convinced AJ to so that we can put our faces on our show. Uh, ah. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it would help engagement, as they say. Okay. Yeah. Well, seeing the facial expressions and not just hearing it, I think will help. I think you know. But I can't believe you did that type of thing. We're, we're going to have to up our production values and get yeah. some green screen. Yeah. Oh man. Heads in the corners and yeah. Yeah, the live reaction. I think that would be fun. I told him we can't do it till we hit a hundred subscribers. So if you guys want that, you should start being <laughs> it's like a Patreon goal. <laughs> <laughs> actually, how many subscribers are you up to? I haven't actually checked lately. Ninety-five. Okay. Oh, you got your clothes. Only takes uh, a few more. Well, you you might you might be able to get five more maybe with the Coco Talk effect, but I'm not yeah. going to make yeah. any promises. Well, David Ladd, lose David Ladd just know. joined. <laughs> I think he's got like five personalities. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Stevie. Oh, 17 of my accounts are subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! <laughs> no, hey, David. I know you're here. Is a thing on the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I have a suggestion for your show, guys. You should make it a drinking game show. <laughs> that's called After Dark. Yeah, it's our After Dark <laughs> yeah. episodes. You know, we like, do that. Viewers, like you say certain catchphrases, and your jurors like drink. Yeah. <laughs> now, I guess one question I have is like, so far, I mean, the show's called Sibling Rivalry. It's not called Retro Sibling Rivalry, but all the games you've done have been on retro systems. Is that? going to continue or are you planning on visiting some more recent games as well no i uh i never i never thought of our open-endedness uh it, yeah it's always going to be i mean the games. older we get the more things become retro <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty soon you'll be playing pong <laughs> but like Have some we, uh, we, we we did um table tennis didn't we that's pretty close I, yeah that's true I thought if we haven't done Pong, I put, had that on my list early on. We did. We did Video Olympics and we did the Pong from Video Olympics. Oh, Castle Guard was a nice suggestion there, too. That's kind of like. Uh, oh, but I hate that game. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the yeah. better. That Make sure the facial reactions are on screen right. before you okay, do that we'll particular save that episode. that one for our first facial uh, episode. Well, if you get into like some 16 bit stuff, you, like I, I'm seeing like a Mortal Kombat or. Uh, Street Fighter type oh. situation, you know. Uh, so. Speaking of Mortal Kombat, on the GameCube, we played um, uh, oh, we, we played the big fighting game on the GameCube that I, I can't remember at the moment. Uh, AJ won, yeah, somehow. Was oh, that the one where we were bouncing around on top of the things? And... Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that like the Smash Brothers? 
Oh, yeah, it is Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers. Oh, Smash very Brothers. popular game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't believe I won that because that was, that was definitely the kind of game that I would not win at. Ah, <laughs> uh, and that's meant to have like a whole bunch of people playing at once too. It can be like out of control. Um, oh yeah. We do have a question from Chip Monkey, or not Chip Monkey, but from Jim Rye. So the age old, um, the age old debate: Lancer or Buzzard Bait? What's the better joust? Do we have opinions <laughs> I, on that? I haven't showed her either of those. Ah. Yeah, you guys she played was, the transcode so far. We so. just played the transcode. Okay, so too soon. Yeah, too soon. Too but soon. Before the uh, the transcode became available, back in back in the day, two versions of Joust uh, were written. What and, about uh, uh, Pegasus? Come on. Yeah, there's three. If you include Pegasus <laughs> and the Phantom Riders, so. and, and there are factions in the community on which one is better. Oh, well, then we got to play them. Yeah, <laughs> it's on. Actually, when, I want to see AJ play uh, Pegasus because she likes horses, and that's got like Pegasus as you're flying around or yeah, Pegasus, I would have Oh, well, then I'm in. Count me in. <laughs> All right, so we'll have to get back to you on that one, Jim Rye, on which one they like that's better. Yeah. <laughs> they have a suggestion to play Oregon Trail. Oh, I, my favorite was, was Pegasus and the Phantom Riders because yeah. it uses speech sound pack. Yeah, yeah, and it had a little bit more dynamic background, you know, full color background and changing more scenery and stuff. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a prettier game. Yeah, I think when we did our uh, contest to, to for people to vote on their favorite, I think that became the dark horse, pun intended, where it ended up getting the most votes by a few, or it kind of became the fan favorite. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of, of like Oregon Trail is being a, a bit of a joke there, but are are you guys? pretty well strictly trying to stick with arcade style games or are you guys going to get into some strategy or oh, I puzzle like games or something like that if yeah but i off the top of my head i think that they would go too long and they would because you uh, want to fit it into 20 minutes huh yeah i mean we could expand if we really wanted to i just am worried that people will get bored yeah how about a no holds bar uh monopoly session right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started full, on monopoly. full contact monopoly, monopoly. <laughs> i think i think there should be a, a a federal law against house rules on monopoly and you should only be able to play by the book well, that's then up to that's up to each person how they play. So, uh, well, then each person is wrong every time I've tried. Okay, <laughs> uh, David Craker suggests Candy Company, where you can play cooperatively in that one. So, All right. we're kind okay. of going across the platforms and stuff. So, what is the name of your YouTube thing? Uh, the name of the YouTube channel is Tim Lindner. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, the show is called Sibling Rivalry. Yeah. yeah, but if you type in Sibling Rivalry, you get all kinds of stuff. Yeah, there's and YouTube slash Tim Lindner, right? Yeah, YouTube slash Tim Lindner. That'll get you to it. We get you to all the various videos I've made over the years. Now don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> while you're there, ring that Sm notification bell. That's it. Ding, ding, ding. Um, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for Tim now. Um, since you're a capable software author, have you ever thought of writing a game that will be played on Sibling Rivalry? And then AJ, how will you make sure he doesn't cheat if he writes it? <laughs> uh, I've been thinking of doing a Coco 3 pinball because I don't think a good one exists. Okay. Nope. Especially um, Coco 3, no. And, uh, uh, but uh, I don't see how I, well, yeah, I don't know. The one pinball game we played, you really hated it on the Intellivision. 
But I, I love computer pinball. Radio I ball mean, is halfway you decent. I love them all. <laughs> I mean, some of them you're going to love, some of them I'm going to love. I'll play. I'll, you put it out there, I'll play it. I'm AJ, AJ, you need a beard. I see you both had uh, blonde hair at one time. <laughs> we were both born blonde, and then it turned dark uh, in our... Uh, yeah, as they say, I was toe-headed. Toe-headed, wow. Yeah. I was toe-headed as a, as a young child. I mean, all three of us kids were the blondest, whitest-haired kid you can imagine, and then we all got dark hair as we got older. But I kept making mine blonde because I like it. It's more fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I went blonde this this last winter. <laughs> now you've mentioned that your your brother Charles is somewhat involved, but you want to explain exactly how is he also in Oregon? Like, is he nearby enough that you guys see each other fairly often too? Yeah, yeah. I moved here first, and then I like begged them all to move. Yeah, it took a while, but I finally came up here. And how are you liking Oregon so far? There's a oh, other people lovely. here. Lovely. I, I brought the sunshine with me. <laughs> it's not as rainy as I thought. Nice. It's been raining for two weeks solid. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it would be harder rain. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it's pretty rare that it's a heavy rain. It's usually just a drizzly light rain here and there throughout the day. I, I left California. We we were at a two-year drought. Mm -hmm. wow. Oh, man. Yeah, I think I'd take rain over fires. So, <laughs> so AJ, do you have a, a favorite type of game genre? Like, Do you like one type of style um, or another i don't know i mean what genre is minecraft considered <laughs> that is my favorite okay you don't play the bl blood and guts uh knife and stab and tear apart movie um even before tim arrived um when logan went or my stepson was younger we had a wii and we would play um mario kart and and i really like race car games evidently because okay. that was another game he and i would play a lot and so, oh yeah we should definitely do mario kart on the uh, gamecube yeah i'm down because i i like race car games for some reason right, especially when you can throw stuff at your opponent too so that, that just <laughs> ups the ante yeah, so. yeah that's fun that's a fun aspect. Now, now tim does she drive like uh in real life like she does in some of the racing games we've seen or? no no she's she's a very good driver I'm very, I'm very cautious and careful. I don't want to kill somebody accidentally. Is she an excellent driver? No, I'm just no, okay. That's just the whole Rain Man thing there. So excellent driver. And then AJ, what, what do you think of Tim's driving while we're while we're at it? He drives too fast. Like he scares the crap out of me when we're driving. <laughs> I never said that to you before. I do not drive fast. I don't understand. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> and here it goes. <laughs> There it is. The rivalry is happening. <laughs> so, uh, who, who edits the show? Uh, I edit the show. Any and particular system you use for that, or I use iMovie. Uh, very simple edits. You know, just uh, some. I use Blender for the intro. I uh, I taught myself Blender. That was an interesting um, uh, few weeks. I like. And then iMovie is almost retro. Who, who picks the games for show? Like, does AJ have any input in that, or is she just not familiar enough with all the different She's not familiar to... enough with what's available, so I, I pick all the games. I will tell him what I say. I'll, like, I'll say, we need to do something more with more energy or exciting. We've been doing some, especially after the 
pool the pool games <laughs> we need something yeah. exciting I, I i get on this kick where i find a, a pool game for one platform and and then i'll find oh there there's got to be more pool games for the other platforms and i just string them all together and, and that's what we play for the friday and uh, uh it turns out to be horrible television <laughs> <laughs> And that's where AJ's drinking habit really started. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I rein him in. I rein him in so we keep it exciting. Do you have a throw up episode where <laughs> you just went too far? Oh, a what episode? Throw up. A throw up. <laughs> no, we don't. Oh, <laughs> like you should collect outtakes, though. <laughs> yeah. You know what? When I get drunk enough to throw up, it's usually the next day that ah. I do that. <laughs> it's rare. We've rare. just it's been informed. Rare, yeah. We've just been informed by Chip Monkey that you guys have hit 100 subscribers. So the Coco Talk <laughs> effect is happening. We, we've boosted <laughs> yeah, those that numbers. Got you. That got we you. Better, we better uh, order our green screen. We, we, yeah. we gotta do a, a thank you video. Yeah. 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 All right. So. Yeah, that, that's the Coco Talk effect. Three that's additional it. subscribers. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Wow. Uh -huh. Tim, you have a, you have a digitized picture of your face on your uh, YouTube things. Um, yes. Was yes. that done through Coco, or was it uh, something you just come up with? No, that is um, there. It's a dithering called Atkinson dithering. Uh, a gentleman named Bill Atkinson, who worked on the Macintosh project for Apple. Uh, invented that kind of that specific kind of bitmap dithering, and it's sort of a tribute to him and uh, all the soft, all the great software work he did for for Macintosh. Nice. He did part of the toolbox and all that, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, no, that's that's it. Has he passed or is he still? No, nope. he's still alive. He, uh, I saw him interviewed on um, uh, one of the Twitch shows uh, about five years ago. And he's working on computer brain interfaces. Um, the, the guy never stops. Wow. Has he called you? What? <laughs> he what? You use your brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, is he looking for volunteers? Is what I think we're yeah. <laughs> And tell him your sister comes with you. <laughs> they don't want my brain. And speaking of bring your sister along to something here, is there any chance of getting the two of you for a live taping of Sibling Rivals at Coco Fest or something like that, where you can take audience suggestions for games? Oh, if I could, if I could get AJ to a Coco Fest, um, I just she told would, you I would go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you said only for a little bit, and then uh, probably go see Chicago. <laughs> oh, I love Chicago. I've been there twice, and I love it. I'd go back anytime. And I would totally come out and do video games uh, live. I would love that. It would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Just keep the drinks coming. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. There's well, no we have one in mid-May, just so you're aware. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm I'm aware. There's one coming up. <laughs> oh, that's soon. I got. Yeah, that might be too soon for booking, but we'll have to look at it. We'll look. We'll look. Okay. If not, we then, can always go for next year. And we, we also have to check with their course. assistant. You want us to get on Twitch yeah, and play live games? Live games on Twitch. All right. No editing. <laughs> That's why people love it. Yeah. You're starting a whole mm -hmm. empire here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying. Now, Where for each that? of you, for the episodes you've done so far, what is your favorite console or computer to be playing on as opposed to a specific game? Especially like controller wise, because I know AJ's had a few. Uh, 
I Thoughts on controllers. The, <laughs> I love the games that are on in television. Um, they are my favorite. I, I know I'm a Coco guy, but there's just something about that console that uh, uh, is I, really I great. I don't like the controller on that console, and I don't like the controller on the Atari. So if we're going by controllers, I'm going with the Coco. What do you think of the Black Beauty? It, it's a beauty. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's our favorite remote you know, slash I, controllers. That, slash. That's, that's kind of like a horse reference, isn't it? Yeah, black there is a horse black beauty. Never, I never made that connection. Well, if you don't like those controllers, you should try a ColecoVision. Oh, or, or <laughs> an Atari Fifty Two Hundred. Oh yeah. God, <laughs> dear God, no. <laughs> We don't have that console, but you yeah. never know. I mean, we're open to yeah. consoles we have yet to acquire. Yeah, I, I, I buy old consoles. That's something yeah. I do. So I'm presuming you'll never go to the emulator route to play something. You'll always have the actual hardware. That's part of the, I, I, part of the deal. I, I never say never. I, I have these these old machines. And as everybody here knows, uh, if you use them um, gently, they will last forever. Um, it's when you put them away and um, stop using them is, is when they stop working. Uh, so that's that's a big part of this is just to make sure that they last. But uh, I am not against emulators. <laughs> no, I meant for the show. I'm, Obviously, you're not I'm against emulators. For the show. I'm not against uh, emulators. Uh, yeah, the guy that has his hands in MAME is against emulators. Yeah. <laughs> God, this Who thing I'm that? working on sucks. Yeah. Who is it, Who is it that makes that uh, controller in the wooden box? That's nothing. It's Neil, the gamester. Neil, yeah. yeah. Have you guys thought about getting one of those? There looks like a heavy-duty joystick and buttons. Yeah, it's, big, it's a big joystick. It uses an arcade stick, I believe. No, we we haven't thought about that. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to anything. It's it's. Well, what do you think of the stand-up arcade sticks that that you usually see out there in the wild? They're, <laughs> they're very heavy-duty, and they you know they got to take the. Abuse. I mean, most of them are easier to use than the little little joystick. I mean, <laughs> the only problem with those is rage quitting can cost you a TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, luckily, I don't. I'm not. A, I don't throw things. I'm not a destroyer of, of things. <laughs> I'm sure you were on a ledge in Minecraft, and uh, you hit the wrong key and you fell. <laughs> And lost my elytra and and all my diamond armor. Yeah, and I did not throw anything. I might have quit now. <laughs> like I'm out. <laughs> I know your four letter words increased during some of those, but uh... <laughs> I really try to not be as as raunchy as I was in the first few episodes. <laughs> I don't want to alienate people. <laughs> I want to alienate. They slip out once in a while, though, just in the heat of the battle. Like, <laughs> that's where the live Twitch stream will come in really yeah, nice. That's a genuine just, uh, reaction. It'll be a showcase so. for that. <laughs> uh, I am a passionate person in real life, so like, in those games can get me fired up. <laughs> now, okay, AJ, time you... for. Go ahead, David. Oh, I was going to say, well, then maybe they should try Friday the Thirteenth. That's my birthday. Wait, what, Dave? What, David? What, what game are you talking about? Friday the Thirteenth, based on the horror movie thing, where you got uh... yeah, one one person plays like the villain Jason or whoever it is, and then it's all the other people trying to escape, and they have to try to like rebuild engines to get a car running or whatever else. 
Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. I want to be the <laughs> I want to be Jason. That's yeah, like a party game where uh, a bunch of people get together and then some random person is chosen to be the, the villain. Oh. David, did you want to invite them to team speaker regulars? That's where the girl always mm -hmm. runs upstairs into the bedroom and waits for the guy to we come instead get, of going in the car. We could get Wendy and Logan and do the sibling sibling rivalry. Yes, that that was the other idea, the sibling squared rivalry. Also, that you'd have cooperative siblings of each family going against another cooperative sibling. My, my daughter and my stepson are technically siblings, right? So we we were all hanging out one day, and Tim suggested we do a sibling sibling. <laughs> That sounds like that game would be good for that. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Sometimes probably head to head. Yeah, that'd be good. Sometime when you start the show, you should have uh, pictures of when you were five and six or seven years old, you know, to start the show. Oh yeah, I've got a great. That'd be picture cool. Of this. Tim was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> And then that happened. <laughs> Enjoying that red face Tim's getting now. That was good. Yep. Are, are you blushing, Tim? <laughs> He's going to blame the alcohol, but. It's, the alcohol. <laughs> it's, it's all Kine. the drinking I've done. <laughs> so, AJ, do you actually own a, a video game console yourself at your place that you no. play around with the kids? None at all. Uh, no, no. I mean,. Uh, my stepson Logan does. He has many, and we used to have a Wii. And then did, when he got older, he we out he outgrew it, so we sold it to someone. So has this gotten you interested enough to maybe want to go and get one yourself, so you can practice and then really kick Tim's ass during this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to a, a Wii again. There were a lot of games on that that I liked. Yeah, Wii's are fun. Yeah. Yeah, I still got mine. Yeah. Yeah, I gave up my Nintendo 64, my Super Nintendo, and uh, uh, my Wii, and I regret all of that. <laughs> if you both play a Wii, would it be a Wii Wii? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ron. I literally oh, Ron. knew he was going to say that. <laughs> I mean, in my head. He's <laughs> not going to say, oh, yeah, he is. Uh, Ron, can you please stick to Wii Facts related questions? <laughs> Wii Wii Facts in this case. Wii Wii there facts. is a Wii Facts 3, you know. <laughs> well, that really drooped off. Yeah. <laughs> Asparagus. 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 <laughs> So you've said you got one more in the can already coming out. So how far ahead do you plan? Like, have you got, like you did this last one where you kind of did the pool, you did multiple pool games. Is that something you're going to be sticking with? Where you are going to play like multiple versions on different consoles or computers of the same thing? Are you guys planning on mixing it up somewhat or? Yeah. Mix it up. Uh, or, yeah, but I'm not that creative. I, I get the idea for a game and then I want to try all three and uh, maybe four with the GameCube. Um, but I, I don't plan anything until the day of taping. Uh, I have a list and I go through it and uh, I do some, I, I guess I do some testing to make sure that my hardware is working. Uh, uh, but not, not very much planning. This is a very off the cuff show. Yeah. And does AJ have any sort of a vote? Like you're mentioning that sometimes you'll suggest you need more of an action game next time, but do you show her the list and say, maybe you pick one this week? No, never done that. No. Like she wouldn't recognize the titles. Uh, mm. No, I, I, but, you know, I'm going to 
strongly suggest that we don't do three of the same kind in a row. We might, maybe two is okay. <laughs> we need to mix it up. We need to mix it up. I, I like the comparing aspect of, of. Well, it's still out there. Once you publish it, it's out there. You can tell everybody, go see our other show. You can put a link in the. In the description. Put a link in the description, Tim. <laughs> put, a, put a link in the Google do. And uh, don't forget to ask him to like and subscribe when you do that. So. Yeah, like and subscribe. Just, like, bring just that point bell. to the box in the air that has that other video. <laughs> right. In the wrong corner. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's over there somewhere. It's like right here. He doesn't want to do any of that. He's lazy. <laughs> I, I guess one other question, too, and now now that the pandemic's, you know, kind of getting endemic now, and, and then, you know, the rest of us can start getting together and starting to play games, too. Is uh, would you to consider maybe doing an episode where you kind of take part in our live game on challenge if it's a game that actually has an aspect of, of rivalry to it for two players? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We can submit scores and because uh, we live stream a, a live stream on Twitch ourselves there on I think it's Wednesdays. Is that right, Ken? Thursdays, yeah. Thursdays, Thursdays. I participated this last time, I even submitted the score. He didn't invite me though. <laughs> Are you guys too old for Rock'em Sock'em Robots? <laughs> uh, we, never, we never had it. I don't remember it. I don't remember that. Uh, no, I never figured you would be. Yeah, that's a good question. Have you thought about anything outside of the video games like Rock'em Sock'em Robots or anything like that? Those retro well, table if, hockey or ice hockey? Or, uh, if I could get my hands on two Armatrons and... Uh, Maybe we could play chess with Armatron. Our, our, I think like Armatron arm wrestling too would be kind of cool. <laughs> Armatron is a little robotic arm that you could buy at Radio Shack. I had one when I was a kid. I remember yeah, you, taking it apart and destroying it. You use it to, to move a, a vial of radioactive material. <laughs> <laughs> what movie is that? That's yeah, a, a good one. It's a good one. Actually, I think one that yeah that, that might be a more equal footing on an Armatron thing would be to have it program them up so that you can actually you know take the drinks and pick them up and bring them to your mouth there so you can finish the drink the fastest with the Ouroboros arm. Oh, I like that mm. game. There's some incentive to get that program <laughs> right. debugged. Do that. All right, now we're on the hunt for Armatron. <laughs> that's an expensive show, Tim. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot of cash. Uh, well, when we're, you know, famous YouTubers. Yeah. We you have 100 subscribers, YouTube money should just start rolling in, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> as long as you can buy two that work. Yeah, yeah they're, they're kind of flaky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, okay. Make sure you wear a bib. <laughs> because the arm will come up and it'll be like <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I need you around more to help me decipher David Ladd because I have no idea <laughs> I think you're going to need a poncho yeah, I think we all need that too to be honest <laughs> hey come on really you got it you got it right away zeroed on exactly what he meant I did know I did it right away <laughs> She speaks David. That's good. So <laughs> it's like it's like that lady on the plane and airplane. Excuse me, I speak Jive, right? So yeah, so she's, she speaks David. So. <laughs> that was Mrs. Cleaver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a friend who had an aunt that was in that movie. That's that's my closest uh, thing. Oh, to oh cool. Awesome. 
Surely you can't be serious. <laughs> yes, I can. And don't you. Did you ever see the website where they ranked every joke in that movie? Nah. No. There's a there's a web page. It's it's like 50 million clicks long, and they have video clips of every single joke. Okay. In, in the entire movie, ranked from least funniest to most funniest. Oh and my god, that sounds awesome. It's a great web page and. The, the the kick behind it is that it's it's ranked not by regular people but by joke writers, you know, professional joke writers. Oh. It's really a fun read. Do you have any by any chance any movie recommendations for the folks at home? <laughs> <laughs> I made them watch the room. <laughs> I think you got like six minutes into it. Like, <laughs> you made me watch it. He wants to like, oh, trap, hi, Mark. You, trap you into watching a movie and then you can't leave. You have to finish it because you've committed and you don't want to see the disappointment on his face if you get up and walk away. And he made me watch that movie too. Oh my God. Worse. He made my husband watch it and my husband two minutes in said, why are we watching a porn? <laughs> the Room is not a pornographic movie. I just want to say it's that. It's not, but you wonder for a few minutes. The, the fun fact about the the the, uh, the Room is that there is a there's a love scene in it that they just he just decided to use the same exact scene in another part of the movie like no one would notice. <laughs> well, the, nobody that lady wouldn't record it again with him because he was so creepy. So. Oh, so oh Lord. Mystery Theater Tandy 3000. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that movie. <laughs> oh, God. You're setting me apart. Uh, I, guess, really I guess someone has to. We were yeah. we were trying to do that on Discord. It took me longer to get it set up where I could stream it to Discord than we actually watched the thing because I had to go through so many hoops to jump through to get find my little streaming stick and get that to show up where you could see it and hear it and by the time we start watching I'm like oh my god I can't stand this crap so, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't surprise it on them though I told them exactly that because well, you, yeah, you basically pitched it as the worst movie ever made uh, oh, he something didn't like do that. that to me. He no, said, no. oh, there's this movie you've got to see. Yeah. <laughs> like I, did, I did it right. <laughs> okay. It's like and the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's descended beyond bad, it's good, and on down oh, into uh, just bad. What's it's like the, the eraser head of serious documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> what's the movie's name? The Room. The Room. The room. But watch Room Full of Spoons, which will. But then, nice, uh, then, if you watch The Room, you can then watch, um, what was that movie that came out a few years ago? Um, uh, the Disaster Artist. was it. Artist. The Disaster Artist, which is actually about the making of The Room, and it's done by, um, what's his face? Uh, I can't remember his name, but it's really good. It is. Disaster like James Artist. Franco? James Franco, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, it wasn't Ryan Reynolds, was it? <laughs> oh my God, Ryan! You guys should have him at Co at Coco Fest. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of our Canadian our, friends, our keynote speaker. Yeah, all, all of you Canadians know each other, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And Ken lives in BC. He should be able yeah, to it's find like, that. It's out. like everybody in Australia is Nick's neighbor. Why aren't you Canadians? Don't you all know each other? Oh yeah. Well, actually, Ryan's my neighbor, so I can yeah. just talk to him. Hey, Ooh. how's it He's going, eh? <laughs> 
Yeah, British Columbia population five. It should be pretty easy to set <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <so. laughs> drive on over. Yeah. Um, and we got we got to tell people about Engineetia. Oh yeah, nobody commented. <laughs> I'm surprised, but we're going to design a flag for Engineetia. <laughs> Anyone who saw um, what two episodes? Two ago? episodes ago, we invented Engine the country of Engineetia. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things. And we we want to make it a thing like a like the Ryan Reynolds. We're gonna it's gonna we're, there will be merch at some point. Okay, <laughs> excellent. You're gonna have like three colors of white on the flag, or <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's awesome. laughs> three colors of white. Can one of them show? Right, the bone, good, like... taupe, and off white. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget buff. You know to get that. Uh-huh. You could have, Don't forget you could, have, you could have white stars and stripes in there. Buff is what they called the the white color in the color computer manual. That's right. They didn't call it white; they called it buff for some reason. Oh, it's kind of weird. It's a very strong white, I guess. I don't. At first, they called it Biff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, I'm I'm an artist, so I understand the nuances of the color white. Uh, Tim, yeah. I was going to ask you. This is more of a technical question, but I, I know I think it was the episode you're talking about, uh, talking about the, the setting up your own country type thing. Is that the one where the YouTube comments got accidentally shut off? Have you ever figured out what's causing that? Um, that's been a constant source of frustration. I, I upload a video, I I check to make sure the comments are turned on, and then um, a few minutes later, when I check again, the comments will be turned off, and. I don't know how it's happening, and it usually takes about three hours for them to stick, to stay on, and it's really frustrating. But yeah, I don't know. I think in that happening. particular episode, I went to go comment, and then it was said comments are shut off, so I notified you, and then I got busy with other stuff, and I forgot to leave the comments. My apologies. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, YouTube thinks you're like documentary makers that don't want the the. Maybe comments. that's why we don't get any comments. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I I check I check all the videos. Uh, but, I I know I know, and I've been, usually he'll tell me that it's posted now, and I'll go look, and it'll be like Tim, it's, the comments are off again. I was hoping it would happen to everybody, but I guess it's just me. Mm. Maybe it's an alternative that maybe set up an email account that uh, people can email to you directly to then even with suggestions or whatever else. Yeah, my email's out there. Everybody knows me. <laughs> Do they? Not everybody. Maybe you should say it out loud. About 100 people know me, so this is, this is about yeah, right. That's right. There you go. And those numbers keep climbing. <laughs> Have we hit 101 yet? <laughs> Hit refresh. I don't have my phone with me, so you don't have your phone. Mm-mm. I was but, devoting my entire attention. Yeah, have you um, considered Coco doing like stuff at a remote location? Like maybe you go to like a barcade or something, and you play out in the wild somewhere. We have a Dave and Buster's close to us, and I, I, I went there for for the first time uh, a few months ago. And that was an interesting experience. I thought it was just going to be like an arcade with food, but they seem to make their own special games. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like Chuck E. Cheese for adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like they Dave have and fun, fun wild drinks to drink. Yeah. So it's about, right up our alley. I mean, we should be going there every week. Yeah, they should be sponsoring us. <laughs> How about a hot tub with your coconuts? <laughs> oh, wait. He yeah. mentioned Asparagus. 
Coconut. Coconut. You guys have to know the story behind these coconuts. Well, tell us the story. They look hairy. They are hairy, and that's why we like them. So uh, it was a few days before we shot that promo, and um, of course we saw, you know, oh, well, we're going to help this become a thing on the the Cocoa Talk show. So uh, I went to all the local party stores uh, to try to find some coconuts. And I was expecting to find less cheap little plastic coconuts that you could that you could buy, and and uh, apparently it's it's marked as seasonal, so none of the stores around here had them. So uh, ordered them on um, PartyCity.com, ah. and it, uh, and they were just going to arrive too late to to be um, in time to record that promo, and so. Uh, I I decide to go to the grocery store. <laughs> we buy I, I buy a couple of coconuts, and these things are really hard to crack open. <laughs> Very hard. Yes. yes yeah, yeah. You have to use a saw, electric yeah. saw. He had he had uh, his Dremel and his and I think you looks like you might have even used a drill. Yeah, I ended up. Um, what worked was you you drill holes uh, around around the top. And then I connected those holes with the Dremel, with, with a slitting saw on the Dremel. And that's how I finally got them open. And uh, they're so, huge. So can you imagine being on a lost island with coconuts all around you? You need <laughs> a rock tools. You need a big, you need a big <laughs> rock, yeah. And it turns out I opened up the wrong side. There, There's a side of the coconut that has those three holes. They leak. That's the side you're supposed to cut open. Ah. These now leak because uh, because those those three holes are a little permeable. I had to put some hot glue on the bottom to help them. Hot glue or silicone. Yeah. And then what was funny is the uh, coconuts finally arrived from Party City, and I thought they were going to be plastic. We thought, yeah. But they turned out to be real coconuts. But about half the size. Yeah, they're about half the size. They're tiny little coconut cups. So like coconut have... shot glasses then basically yeah, yeah. Well, coconut shot glasses exactly but uh yeah go to party city uh, get some real coconuts nice. yeah. so if you got if you guys use the uh hard liquor your show would be shorter <laughs> you do use a hard liquor. What do you mean? Yeah, Ron, what's a hard liquor for you? Well, I meant like you know the shot glass and shot oh, glass, and shot glass. And then pretty shots. soon, there's no room for ice in them, or you know, <laughs> that would be a different show. Yeah. What, what would we call that? Uh, <laughs> sibling slurring or something? I'm not sure. Shooting your siblings. Right. <laughs> it's called drinking. I think it's called someone's going to need an Uber. <laughs> then at the end of the show, you'll uh, have a donation to the um, liver. (laughs) (laughs) The American Liver Society. Yeah, exactly. Would would there be any consideration? Preservation of of your liver. liver. (laughs) (laughs) Would there be any consideration for doing something like a laser tag or something that's actually physical and personal? Oh, I want to do laser tag so bad. I I did laser tag about 10 years ago. Hey, didn't they have a laser tag on the cruise we went on? One of them? Not that I remember. I think there is one of the, I think we might look into that. We're going on a cruise in uh, September. That's a great excuse what, for a cruise, I figure. Laser wouldn't tag. paints all be better? Then you come on the show with all these bobs of paint all over you. <laughs> <laughs> and why don't we put like a little GoPro on our head and record us each yeah. other? Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. 
I told you the other day we should get a GoPro. Yeah. And now we have a reason. There you go. Two. And you 100 two. subscribers, so yeah, you're you kind of you obliged at this yeah. point. <laughs> uh, I've never play, played paintball. My husband used to play when he was younger, and he talks about how you get welts all over your body. Uh, and yeah. I just think it, I'm a little opposed to that. <laughs> it depends on how good the other people's guns are and how close range they are. And you're supposed to use judgment when that happens. But I've gotten some really nasty shots in the back that, that were, they, they left long permanent markings. So, yeah. Permanent? Yeah. Well, not permanent, but long term, uh, you know, okay. visible, visible welts, you know. So, yeah. Like stuff you can show your grandchildren? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> this was during the paintball war of That's 2022. Back in 32. <laughs> you got me right here. Back in 22. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, David Craker says paintball in the backyard, real pain. <laughs> yes. Time and not four. <laughs> any, any other questions? Come on, That's throw them I was just thinking. I was just thinking that. Do we have yeah, more That's questions? all the ones I had written down. I, I I'm going to try to think of some suggestions for some other similar rivalry games. Obviously, in yeah. my case, it'll be Coca related because that's what I'm familiar with. But, we did uh, have a yeah. suggestion from Scott Cooper. He says there's an Atari homebrew game that's called Space Rocks. It says it's an asteroids an asteroids deluxe clone that can be played in co-op, and it's a very good oh. game. So uh, you might be able to find that. I don't know if you've got one of those um, those cartridges that lets you play multiple ROMs. Yes, I have a Harmony. Harmony. Okay, yeah. So yeah, that's what we have, Stevie. Yeah, I was I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Love yeah. the suggestion. Thanks, everybody. There, even even the uh, the uh, old Atari games, even like Combat on Atari, had so many different games that you could play with two players. And the Outlaw, where you got to shoot each other. Oh. You know, Outlaw, you know. We haven't you know. done that one yet. I remember oh, that you know, one. I do have a suggestion. If you haven't done it already, Armor Ambush on the twenty six hundred. Okay. It's like it's a tank game that's way better than combat. Okay. Yeah. And you guys played combat already, from I remember, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. That was the first game I beat him in at. Was like the sixth or seventh episode. Uh, what, what's I, the score now? Like, I know AJ's been catching up. Have you passed him at this point? We haven't done it. He's afraid to look. He's <laughs> afraid to look. I think I have passed him. Okay. Well. We do have. Uh, we do. I have the time to cue a soundbite, but in the live chat, we have none other than. Uh, and um, Nick is saying you guys should play Dino Wars. <laughs> How have I forgotten Dino Wars? How did that slip my mind? Is that the one you made the big poster That's for? That's the main I, I made the yep. big banner for. Yeah. All right. That would be a good one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when my, when a, my favorite software author, uh, Roger Kilgus. Yeah. That, yeah. That's great. When you guys go uh, pro, you're going to have like Budweiser. Uh, <laughs> more like monster energy drink yeah 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 uh yeah i do like monster yeah. i drink that once in a while all right let's get sponsored by abc liquors that way you've got a full array of drinking uh, <laughs> yeah. assortments to yes i mean monster and vodka oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. today's show brought to you by vodka <laughs> that's right all the shows are brought to you by, by vodka, vodka. <laughs> <laughs> 
You guys Vodka have the gin. words at the bottom. See, that's what we should have called our show, Vodka and Gin. Yeah. <laughs> that's Vodka your character names. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's how you sign all your high scores now, Vodka and Gin. Right on. DDK. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You probably hey. shouldn't do the uh, alcohol um, when you do a driving game. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? That's no, the most fun. That sounds like a great thing. Pit stop yeah. two with alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tim can write a sequel called Breathalyzer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that game is going to end up being something like the uh... Nightmare Highway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Uh, any more questions from the panel, from the audience? Um, you mentioned what your, your next game is going to be that's in the can. What was in the can again? Uh, dungeons. Dungeons, that's right. With the, uh, yeah, D Dungeons by Karen is in the can. So when is that set to drop? Next Friday. Next Friday. And will comments be enabled or to be turned? <laughs> <so>. God willing. <laughs> they, they will be for five seconds. And then they'll be turned off for two and a half minutes. And then they'll be back on for another 10 seconds. And then an hour they'll be off. And, and then they'll finally stay on. So, yeah. so stick with it, guys. You know what yeah. you might want to do? You might want to publish it first as unlisted or private. Yeah. And then just kind of let it kind of soak in to the YouTube sphere for a little bit. You know, and once it's like permeated and really stuck to that wall, then make it public. You know, so when you publish it, you've got visibility. So maybe make it unlisted or private or something. So it's there and it's got time to really... Whatever that waiting Ferment. period is, yeah, all that fermentation period. Uh, let might, let might your video it. marinate. Yeah, let yeah. the video marinate for a little bit, and then make it public. And but that's yeah. Under. Any 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 complicated system can always be cared can be compared to cooking to meat. <laughs> that's it. I didn't get oh, that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You stumbled right through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Say goodbye and show us your nuts. Coconut. <laughs> good night, everybody. Oh, wow. Have a good one. <laughs> Wasn't that we good? try to keep the double entendre to sibling rivalry. Yes, right. Yeah, we do say a lot of We're that. after dark. Should I have said coconut? Yes. <laughs> in their case, so anyway, after, for everybody listening, watching, either live or, or in the future as after the episode's posted, please send suggestions to them for some other games to take on on civil rivalry on, on the various retro consoles they have yeah um they can comment can leave on that as comments and, and tim what is your email address in case they want to send you directly uh t linder at macmess.org macmess macmess m-a-c-m-e-s-s dot o-r-g just like the venerable old software that i work on yes so i am putting that uh in the live chat for people to see T and I'm on there. Discord. It's TimboTech. TimboTech. And if you can find a video with comments enabled, we see all those come in uh, <laughs> on the YouTube interface. There you and have then it. you can take a, you can get involved with the votes of whether Tim cheated or not by not telling AJ everything she needs to know about the game. <laughs> yeah, that happened. <laughs> that Make happened up stuff. Tell her that. <laughs> Well, anyway, a big fun. thank you for the two of you for agreeing to come on. I know it was a bit of a short notice here, and, and your your channel's pretty new, but thought you guys could use the exposure, and it's a fun a fun channel to watch. So, thanks. Thank you for having us, Curtis. You've been a big supporter of us, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I even leave comments when I'm allowed to. So yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love your comments. 
Curtis Boyle, he's uh, he's almost as famous as Ryan Reynolds at this point, so that's a good thing. Yeah, right. yeah, so, I, it's a neck and neck for who I like more. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had looks and talent, you know, that'd be awesome. Lord, all right. Well, as Ryan Reynolds taught everybody, looks and talent can come later. <laughs> <laughs> So they, these episodes will be dropping regularly every Friday. Do you have a certain time you you officially drop them, or do you just sometime Friday evening? Sometime Friday, whenever I get a chance. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a sad day when we finally miss one. There was that one time we did Saturday uh, because we had plans. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, if you guys start recording three at a time like you have been, that becomes less of an issue because then you can just. Yeah, yeah. It, it did get better when we started doing three because then we can plan it out a little bit. Like I have a vacation coming up this next weekend, so I wouldn't even be here to record. And so it was, we had to do something to have it ready to go. And unfortunately for you, is more pool or? Is what? More pool games? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll write one. In <laughs> <laughs> oh, color basic, I'll write a pool game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that just went right in the pocket. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to your pinball game, though. A Coco 3 pinball game. I'm holding you to that. Yeah, uh, yeah that's my dream. With some vertical hardware scrolling on the Coco yeah. 3, I think that'd be uh, yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm surprised it hasn't been done yet, but uh, it'll be it'll be fun to get to. If you guys do three games in a row, do you change your clothes in between so that it looks like <laughs> they're different? I mean, if we're going to start showing our face we're gonna have to yeah yeah oh you don't show your face not yet not yet but the deal was when we hit 100 so evidently we did that so i guess we're going shopping later and actually you guys do show your faces a little bit sometimes you can see reflections in the tv so yeah aj wants me to start uh digitizing the the console output rather than uh, pointing a camera but i i haven't i haven't bothered to get that device yeah, I kind of like the rawness of it though, because you can you can see even you guys tipping back the drinks and the reflection on the TV as you guys are commenting. So the, the happy juice, uh, uh, yeah, Curtis, happy juice, yeah, happy fuel, fuel gaming. I think it was like one of the pool games that it was really bad, and we were we were reviewing it as like, oh my gosh, look how much I'm drinking. <laughs> well, you're up to 103 subscribers now. Oh my gosh! Wow. Ugh, you guys are popular. So what's going to happen at 200? What's going to happen when you guys hit 200 subscribers? Oh, my gosh. Uh, wait, what are we doing for 100? Oh, yeah, we're going to do faces. We're going to do our faces in the corner as we're playing. Yeah. Right, so this yeah, is... Episode 200 is when you add the breathalyzer. See how you're doing at the end of it. <laughs> That's actually... There's your competition right there. See who can get the highest blood alcohol rating. The yeah. we, can have, we can have real-time uh, BAC. Yeah. <laughs> I could, I could, I could see that now, just knocking one back. I'm going for the high score. That's it. <laughs> Once you get a breathalyzer, that becomes a drinking game, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know about that. Uh, I, I suggest you should call that liver that. rivalry. <laughs> liver rivalry with Jim Rice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Gosh, it's hard enough to say. Good, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah Especially it's, after the tenth yeah. drink. Yeah, that'd be good. Do a whole bunch of shots and then say liver rivalry ten times fast. Right? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> okay, we just got a new subscriber from OG Hugo. So there you go. You're probably up to 104 now. So boom. Oh, right. wow. There goes those Thank numbers. Keep everyone. those numbers going. Don't forget to like and subscribe, folks. Yep. Yeah. Bring that notification it's, bell. It's youtube.com slash Tim Lindner, right? I'll put that in the live chat too. I think it's I think it's Lindner Tim, isn't it? <laughs> uh yes, I think you're right, Lindner Tim. Tim uh, Linder was taken by somebody else. Yeah. Uh, YouTube.com slash user slash Linder Tim. Linder. L-I-N-D-N-E-R. Tim. Linder Tim. Try that. Yeah. Try that out, kids. That's right. And remember, he's the guy who plays Daggerath like that idiot from the book. So. Uh, are you, you going to show that? right. Can, can you? I want my sister to see it. Uh, I, you know what? I, I What I'll do is I'll pull it up manually because um, it's it's part of a commercial block, and I couldn't tell you which block that was in. So give me just a minute and I will do it. I'll find that just for you, Tim. I'll find that. Uh, we, we, we want to do the I original. Request. We want to do the original <laughs> one, right? So that'll be under. about three promos for him. Okay. Bumpers. Yeah, the original was more natural. The second one was more scripted, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's when it got all commercial. Did you guys like our promo we did for you? Oh, loved it. Loved it. And we should mention, too, the fact that we're seeing you on camera right now, AJ. That's a reveal, right? So the, your, even your own fans and public on your own channel have not seen your face yet so you you revealed that on our show it was a big thing for us and we appreciate that all right all so right. let me um let me yeah. down the bottom right. yeah. oh that's it okay so let me uh, bring this over to the screen where you guys can see it too i'll bring it over here all right let's rewind this this was recorded live at a coco fest and this is uh world famous tim linder here you go folks yeah hi i'm tim playing dagger with like that idiot from the book <laughs> you're watching coco talk I'm actually <laughs> Your hair is so short. Yeah. Oh my god. Back oh before, god, back Tim. before he had the Fabio haircut. There, yeah. do. Uh, a... It's Witcher. It's Witcher. Yeah, it's Witcher. Witcher. What I'm going. Oh, Witcher coat. I'm going for the Geralt of Rivia type thing there. Yeah. Yes. Right. You need to start. You need to start talking like Batman when you do that. Huh? Yeah, you do. Yes. Well, when I let my hair out, I do talk like Beckman. <laughs> I was going to say Cartman, but okay. <laughs> no, ma. Screw you guys. I'm Screw going home. <laughs> we actually have a commercial for that, too. We have the David Ladd commercial on that one. Let's play. David Ladd Cartman commercial. Oh, no. no. <laughs> it's the best, the best of bed bumpers. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, let's just keep the hits coming. Uh, of course, now I can't find it. Fletcher. Oh, you put me on the spot. We'll find it. It'll show up. I'll find it and I'll get it on there someday. I've got it somewhere. Um, would it be under D for David Ladd? That's the floppy life. Forest of Doom. I don't and know. And David won't tell you. No, I mean, I'm looking at all these damn commercials here, and I can't find a damn thing. Coco Forever, Flappy Life, the David Ladd story, Forest of Doom, G-Soft. Oh, i got to send that to Jim Gary, that G-Soft commercial. I forgot about that. I can't find it. I don't know where it is, what it's called. We'll have to wait for that. Another day, another time. We, we'll have that. Uh, all right. Well, if more questions or suggestions come in, if you guys are able to hang out, then we'll keep throwing them your way. Um, before we get into the game on results, do we want to go ahead and take a commercial break and a potty break? Um, we'll yeah, do that. Need some, need some okay. And if you guys can hang out, feel free to stay as long as you like, but we'll take a break we'll, and then we'll come back. We'll do some, we'll, we'll review the game of the week and we'll just keep the, keep the good times going. Right. 
All right. So, and we. Well, thanks for coming on. Oh, absolutely. Thank absolutely. you. We really appreciate it. Have yeah. a great time. Yeah, and we have. We'll stick uh, around. No, we, we're we have a, we have a new <laughs> we have a new commercial we're going to run today from uh, Retro. Let Rewind. me explain how much longer, how much more show there is. Oh. <laughs> yeah. How long is it? Yeah, you guys were like, you guys yeah, were by like the time the, we'll be finished, we'll be caught up to uh, Nick in Australia yeah. as to what day it is. I got some Minecraft to do, so yeah. I guess I can't say. Yeah, you guys were the appetizer. We've still got the main course and the dessert, and then the after dinner cordials to go through. So, uh, yeah, so. Um, and don't forget the after dinner mint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a tiny little thin wafer. Yes, just a it's thin wafer. It's only wafer thin. <laughs> wafer thin. Oh. Better get a bucket. Yes. Python. Uh, okay, so um, we do have a new commercial we're going to run today, too, from Retro Rewind CA. Oh. And OG Hugo says, thank you, Tim and AJ. Thank you, OG. He's also a new um, subscriber to you guys, too. All right, we're Yay, gonna, thank you. We're going to run a few commercials. We'll be back after these words, kids. Hi Retro Tech Heads, Data Soup here. You're watching Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer and proudly Patreon sponsored by RetroTechTime.com. Talk would like to thank the patrons who sponsor our program. So our heartfelt gratitude goes out to Alan Huffman, Alan Murphy, Blair Ledoux, Bolton Aaron, Brendan Donahue, Brian Weasler, Brian Walsh, Karen Hanscom, D. Bruce Moore, Daddy Burrito, Daniel Williams, Diego, Eric Canales, Glenn Hewlett, Graham Vebke, Grant Leedy, Henry Strickland, Jason Downs, Jay Style, Ken Reichard, Malfunct, Michael Pitsley, Mike Rayburn, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Paul Thayer, Retro Tech Time, Rick Eulen, Rob Inman, Rocky Hill, Stephen Wagner, Steve Batson, Steve Rasmussen, Terry Steen, Terry Steggy, The Backyard Shed Gang, Tim Thayer, Tom C., Tom Gunderson, Tom Heron, Tom S., Tony C., and William Athing. Thank you ever so much, patrons. Hi, I'm Kieran Anscombe, author of XRAW, and your brain is resolving sensory input into Cocoa Talk. And now, these messages. It's a Radio Shack Merry Christmas. This year, I needed to give a real family pleaser. Honey, please, help me with this budget. How about a new game, Dad? Please. And I found it. Radio Shack's Color Computer 2, on sale for just $99.95. It entertains, educates, manages, it's expandable and affordable. Now that really pleases me. The Color Computer 2, sale priced for Christmas, only at Radio Shack. At GSoft, we make games for the TRS-80 Color Computer, TRS-80 MC-10, and Dragon Computers. Our basic games cover the range of genres from arcade to text adventures 
to simulations to 3D dungeon crawls. This is our latest puzzle game from Japan, Fruit Panic. So come on, drop by our website and download our latest games. Tired of your color computer art input device being low res? Joey has you covered again. Switch between three joysticks or mice. Select the left or right port on your Coco. No more swapping joystick ports. Switch between standard and high resolution mode. Supports the Tandy and the Max high resolution mode. Order yours today at cocoman.biz. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. Legend says, when the moon is full, if you go out in the country by the lake and whisper the name of Nick Marota three times, his spirit will appear and he will grant you a product idea. Radio Shack has a great gift idea for the whole family. Fast action TV games, and they're on sale. Get this six game model for $29.95 or the four game model for $21.95. With rising entertainment costs, that's a real bargain. You play hockey, tennis, squash, and more. Easy to hook up and great family fun that lasts all year long. The sale price TV games. Only at Radio Shack, a Tandy company. Hi, I'm Terry Steen, author of Balloon Fire and other amazing games on the color computer. And you're listening to Stevie Stroh on Coco Talk. Yeah, and I'm actually here for once. Um, all right, so we're back. We're getting ready to get into everyone's favorite segment, the game on uh, results uh, from the game of the week this week. Uh, Canadian Retro Things will take us through that. And uh, then we'll probably have some game on news and so forth. And it's become tradition that we will typically run a Coco Thoughts uh, right before the results. Uh, this week's Coco Thoughts is not game related or song parody related, but it's still one of the many gems we have. So we'll go ahead and do a uh, Coco Thoughts and then we'll check out the results from this week's game. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. Some truths are self-evident, such as buzzard bait is far superior to Lancer. Alright everybody, get ready for Game On Results with Ken Waters, aka Canadian Retro Things. Show us those results, Ken. Welcome everybody to the results of this week's Coco Talk Game On Challenge, where we played Skyway. There were a total of 20 players. We had Exile in Paradise with 4,504. Gary D, 6,742. Mark B, 7,277. Gary M, 7,592. Mr. Dave 6309, 7,728. Low level, 7,826. Marcy, 7,854. Grant B, 10,789. Rich N, 12,012. 
L. Curtis Boyle, 12,884. Joshua, 13,247. Timbotech, 14,946. Canadian Retro Things, 15,224. Jim Rye, 17,131. 8 Bits in the Basement, 17,382. Sloopy Malibu, 18,748. Tasman, 21,232. Brian Walsh, 25,253. AC's 8-Bit Zone, 39,183. And the number one score this week was... Drumroll, David Craker with 555,793. Oh my Well, thank you to everybody that played this week, and we will see you next week. Wow, David! And wasn't David Craker the one who suggested this game too? He was, so he's had a lot of practice in his childhood. (laughs) All right, good job, David. Also, I want to add there were two late score submissions that didn't make it to the list. There was Pedro Pena with seven thousand seven hundred fifty-six, and Buck Owens with twelve thousand seven hundred and one. All right. 20 participants so, is still pretty good. That's a good week. Yeah, to, well, technically 22, but yeah. only 20 made it to the list. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I had a look around. Oh, I need to somebody to stop sharing. Yeah, I'm so I can stop share. sharing right now. Um, had a look around. Could not find any reviews of this game or any uh, high scores, actually. But David did... Send me in the right direction for a uh, advertisement for it here. So this is the only thing we could find in Rainbow Magazine was an advertisement for it on a page here that had a bunch of advertisements. Maneuver your skycraft along the skyway, avoiding enemy craft, mines, and sky bugs. Jump over holes. But don't run off the edge. We challenge anyone to make it through all 99 levels. So it does say, yeah, 99 levels. Um, How far did David get? I think he actually just kind of gave up on it after a while. No, I think he made it to level 54. Um, I've got some footage here that he also sent me. So let's see. There we go. And I mean, there was more than one level? Well, <laughs> wow. so here are those he is, all his uh, ships there? In the, the... Yeah, so there, yeah, yeah and that's as more... many as it can show. He actually that's has more than that. It... Yeah, and it does keep track of all the extra um, ships. So you don't lose them. You, just you don't run, lose you them. Just they just space. are not showing. So that was him going into level 41. So I guess he makes about another 12 or 13 levels here to get his 555,000. And then I think he just stopped playing. I he think said, he so he just responded. Yeah. He says it took about uh, five hours, and then he got tired. <laughs> so, yeah, it would take about 10 hours of playing to get through all 99 levels. So, Wow. Five hours and got tired, kind of like this show. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take me that long to get tired of this show. <laughs> and one of, and as he, he was uh, telling me how, like, the higher levels you get up to, it doesn't change at all. Like, the difficulty doesn't ramp up and all that, so... It's just basically it's an getting tired and test, slipping basically, up. Once you get yeah. good at it, I guess. Yeah. Way down. 
So that is... And it's kind of clever how they're doing it because it's kind of like the same way Zaxxon did. It wasn't really yeah. scrolling that much. It was just scrolling the stuff that was on the ground as opposed to scrolling all that other stuff. So it's a smart way to move uh, bits on the screen. Um, and it looks smoother than if they had to like literally shift all those things all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's a very smooth looking. And I love the isometric look of it. Super cool. And the jumping aspect is my favorite part. Yeah. That's not something you usually yeah, see. It's the whole jump cycle where you got an arc and the whole nine yards. Yeah. There were some people uh, during the live broadcast that were saying uh, you should be able to jump on the other ships and destroy them. But yeah, you can't do that. All right. It's not Mario. It's not Mario. Yeah. <laughs> you or hit... bump and jump. All right. There's definitely a Zaxxon vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, took some inspiration from Zaxxon, mm -hmm. I would say. But uh, yeah, so. Is there ever an uh, where you're just like there's no ground and you're just in space, like kind of like Zaxxon, how you have to shoot? Uh, some no, of the ships you're out in you're space? driving on the ground. So if you so, fall off the edge, you're dead. Oh, okay. So you, that's the whole idea: stay on the skyway. Yeah. yeah, you can because, jump jump over breaks in the bridge, but that's about right. as far. So, in space so basically, what you're saying is, is this game has gravity in outer space. Yes. Right. And if, yes. You, if you fall off the floor, you fall in space. <laughs> yep. <laughs> space gravity. Okay. You just fall forever. <laughs> that's cool, though. Or, or maybe it's over a black hole and you get sucked in. Oh, yeah, that's there it. There we go. There you go. That's off screen, though. That's off screen. To save yeah. CPU cycles, it's off screen. But it's there. It's in the uh, great GPU in your mind. That's it. <laughs> And then uh, oh, the attack they, of the two pays here. Oh my attack of the two pays. <laughs> did Amy and Taylor come up with that, Ken? Or? Uh, no, I I came up with that. <laughs> I I can come up with good ones once in a while. <laughs> yeah, they seem to be experts at it. Were that was any, awesome how they described the space any, race. Any Tetris pieces in this game? Ah, <laughs> uh, there's the posts Where's... you have to jump over, little square posts. That's like a Tetris block. You sure that's not furniture? <laughs> Skyway. Or Nightmare Skyway. Nightmare, Nightmare <laughs> Skyway. <laughs> Got the start of a new game brewing here, I think. But uh, yeah, so Skyway. basically uh, for tips and tricks on this game, um, if you approach the edge slowly, you can go out a lot further than if you just get over to it really quickly. So in spots like those where the, the bugs or toupees or whatever you want to call them, if you ease yourself right over to the edge, you can completely avoid them, not have to shoot any of them. I guess basically, my, my brief playing, it's basically you, you should memorize the sequence of things because there's only three yeah. real levels, right? And they're just repeats. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of memorization. A big one. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how. And David, if you can join us on Zoom, because David's commenting, David Craker's commenting, saying, I really like the title screen and the engine sound effect for this game. And since you got the best score, we really should be having hearing it firsthand from you, David, if you can jump on Zoom real quick. But if you can't, my other question is, is that I, I like how he's got this uh, CRT on camera and there's not really a terrible wavy effect. You can see a slow motion line going through it, but he's really captured the CRT on here. Uh, including reflections in the background, but um, I would—I have not figured out how to get a webcam to properly like look at a CRT and and have it, you know, not look like it's having a seizure yeah. or something, you know. Yeah. 
I no this was under <laughs> sorry this, this was sold under the uh the bargain part of Tomics, the uh nova yeah. section wasn't it yeah. it these games were about five to ten bucks cheaper than the average Tomics game um yeah it was uh yeah NovaSoft. that that ad was uh, for all NovaSoft games yeah and it doesn't feel like a um doesn't feel like a bargain game yeah this this one i, I think would could have qualified as a, a full-blown one yeah so commercial quality for sure it does get repetitive after a while but yeah right. it's fun it's definitely challenging to make it past the three sectors yeah no, i know i i didn't play too long but i i played it long enough that i was improving like the first couple rounds i couldn't even make it past level one because i've played the game years yeah <clears throat> but you know within half an hour to 45 minutes by the time i was finishing i was making it to level two regularly and, and i think i made level three once so you definitely once you learn the patterns of you know when you have to dodge left and right and when the jumps are coming up you definitely get better at it and if you get a lapse in uh, concentration then you're on the wrong side to jump onto something you're hooped yep <laughs> so but i never filled up the free men like david did on this one. Oh, no. david said also he'd love to jump on yeah. he's about to sit down for lunch with his family yeah, so, yeah. uh no that's cool yeah, it's a good looking game it looks really good yeah, and the author, Roger Smith, he did a ton of games. Like, he did a bunch for T&D. I'm not sure how many he did for the big commercial companies, but he had probably a couple dozen games total. And there's some really good, unique ones in there. So that's, that's another thing you can mine there, Ken. There's a few other ones by Roger. Yeah. He's got some other 3D ones. He's got some 2D ones. Okay, just got to find the right screen here. Are we moving on to next week's game or there's more discussion? Uh, no, I'm no. trying to. No, that's not what I'm looking and for. That's the show within the show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was that was not what I was looking for. Just when um... you can't get enough Cocoa Talk, we will live stream Cocoa Talk during Cocoa Talk. <laughs> Double your Cocoa go. Talk. Double your phone. This is the one I'm looking for. So okay. here we are with. And and so I see that Mr. Dave was was in the live chat, and I I want to take a special moment to thank Mr. Dave for suggesting Game On because he's the one who says you guys should do something with high scores. Yet he uh, never comes on the actual show. That's okay. He's a humble person. <laughs> he is working hard on getting his game out right now and everything. So his game is so popular; it's inspired a uh, cheap knockoff. So yep. um, <laughs> really <yeah>. cheap knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll and, say. And not, and not done by Nick Morentes either. So it's a truly cheap knockoff. So, um, yeah, we had good participation here. So, yeah, we had good participation on the Thursday night um, show. So we had up to six players playing at once. I think that's what we hit it as a, as a maximum. But there were a few people in and out. And, uh, yeah. Who's the one that's playing that game called Yaw? Yike! Somebody that's something in the top center that's playing uh, a game that called Tim, Yaw I think that's Timbo. No, that's uh, David Craker. Yaw Yike! What is that? What is the? I yike? think is it's that just what? reversed. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's the Australian yeah. version, yeah. maybe. I'm not playing dumb. I just am. <laughs> and we also had Timbo Tech on the uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. live game this week. So he's a celebrity. We're really pulling yeah. in the A-listers in this show. Um, <laughs> Classing the place up. Oh, yeah. Also, David mentioned the chat. He said, I suggest this game because I figured it was a really fun game that didn't get enough attention for how good it is. Beauty. 
So yeah, um, I I know there was a few people that uh, kind of got mad at the game early on because it is I don't like uh, I guess a little fiddly to play. Like you really have to memorize the uh, stuff and everything. And yeah, and timing your jumps that was what was frustrating me. I jump a little yeah. too early, or a little too late, and then very hard to play with a black beauty you got to have a self-centering joystick because um moving left to right if you accidentally just pull back a bit then you jump because of course you don't use the fire button to jump in it you pull back on the stick and uh if you don't have a self-centering joystick it's really easy to accidentally jump at the wrong time yeah i had the best luck with the uh keyboard joystick on uh, vcc okay But um, I don't know. Anybody else have anything no. to say about this game? I wish I had time to play it this week. This week for me was uh, my daughter's spring break, so we spent a lot of time uh, being Uber drivers for uh, a bunch of thirteen-year-olds. So uh, <laughs> mo- mo- most of my time and day was was being you know hurt, hauling people around town. But um, no, was, I wanted to play the game. I like the look of it. It looks cool, and seeing it being played now, it's got me inspired to want to play it. So. Have you, have you ever played this one before, Stevie? Or is this I don't remember. I'm, maybe for a minute or two uh, when I was just going through stuff. Um, but, yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff I want to do. I'm getting closer to being able to set up to have things on the bench to be able to do it the whole nine yards. So, um, yeah. One of the things that's on my to-do list still is the kind of side-by-side comparison of Dungeons & Dagrath, like on a Coco 1 and a Coco 3, but with real hardware but running simultaneously so I can see if there's timing and pitch changes. So that was one of my first projects that inspired me getting stuff out. I got to get that going. And, and and since I have the new SDC image, there's so many, there's so many games, you know, it's like, Oh, you could spend the rest of your life looking at new Coco, looking at not even new, but it's looking at Coco games you've never seen before from even back in the day, you know? So, um, yeah, good stuff. All right, well, I guess uh, we will move on to next week's game. Woohoo! The anticipation is killing me. There we go. Uh-oh, hold on. I'm trying to soak this in. Don't tell me what this is yet. Let me soak this it's in. It's killer monkeys from outer space. Yeah. Football. We got monkeys. <laughs> we got TIE fighters. We've got uh, Cylon raiders. We, what else do we have going on here? We've got... Uh, sure those aren't yard markers? Yard markers, yeah. <laughs> Does anybody know what this game it is? It looks like it's a looks like it's a, a, a quasi three D type game, even though it's a free it frame right now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I should know this one, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I have seen and it, and it is not on your uh, website. No, it's not Curtis. yet. It's it's one of six hundred that aren't on my site. Yet, so. <laughs> okay, well, let's take a look at the title screen. Ooh. Juno. So yeah, oh, it's, you know, uh, it's uh yeah, you base it's kind of like a, almost um, a cross between space invaders and I don't know, you can fly back and forward to uh, bring okay, the guys so, closer. So the, mon- the monkeys are worth two hundred forty-seven points. Um, kind of random, yeah, ra- completely random numbers. Eight hundred and sixty-one <laughs> points for the, that guy. Oh, interesting. <laughs> So it is available in all the regular places. Pirated by Fab Two DD, huh? All right. And I guess uh, this the, means I should get an entry up on the website by the, the company. Next the week, interesting yeah. thing is that I think this is the only video game that the company released that did this. 
Fab. they also released a bunch of accounting programs. What was the company? Uh, Let me just take a look. I should know this, but I forgot. Is there, are there more screenshots? Does a... It... Uh, no, that's the only screenshot oh, okay. I have. So it's 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 that kind of 3D fixed perspective, though. Do you just move left and right, or can you kind of... You come... move left and right, and you can move uh, can... back and forward. But when you move back and forward, you don't move, uh, but the You're controlling bad like guys... the, the speed of, uh, of them coming Yeah, the bad guys you. will either come towards you or away from you. Okay, so that's like adjusting your speed. Okay, gotcha. So Interesting. Juno is by Federal Hill. Federal Hill. All right. Yeah, they made a lot of accounting stuff, but that's what uh, they're are they are they located anywhere near Capitol Hill by any chance? So. <laughs> <laughs> used to have full full page ads in the rainbow for their I'm accounting software. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only oh. a bill, and <laughs> I'm sitting that. here on Capitol Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I need a life. <laughs> it's amazing the, the things I should be remembering that are important and the useless crap that right. comes out of my mouth. <laughs> important things like your anniversary. Well, who, what? <laughs> my social security? I, I don't know. I'm just up there. <laughs> I believe it's BR549. <laughs> I thought it was OU812. OU812. All right. So. <laughs> All right. So we have game on news. Al Curtis Boyle, our foreign correspondent. Yes, we do. Oh, and Buck Owen says that Juno is a Juno first clone. Juno first. Ah, uh, yeah. Juno? Yeah, that I have to you check know. into it. I, I didn't recognize it as, as an arcade game, so that's an arcade I game. I thought it was. Oh, Lord. Hey, so the first thing uh, that I'll be talking about here is I've actually finally done some updates to my games page. Unfortunately, Juno is not one of them, so I'll have to do that this week. You need to get that up there, Juno. Oh, what is this crap? Zero point zero. So I, I, I quickly hacked up a page here, you know, put slathering praise on Nick and, you know, the, the difficult stuff. <laughs> Um, but that obviously he's released his game zero hour this week, past week and That's started right. selling it. You can order the CD version. You can get the digital download only version. Or if you order the CD version, he will send you the digital download. So you don't have to wait for the CD to show up to play it. I prefer and the analog also, download if possible. Yeah. <laughs> and I also put a direct link to his order page, which I'll switch to now. So you can see what a professional webpage looks like. unlike mine. Nick Marentes. Is that that's on www.crikey.com, right? So. <laughs> Crikey.com. Crikey.com. <laughs> and we will be having this as a game on challenge in a few weeks or a number of, I haven't uh, decided on a week when we're going to have it yet, but. Yeah, I have to, have to let it sell some more copies first, I yeah. think, here. We'll so give some ahead. time for people to buy it and then uh, we'll have it as a game on challenge. Even though there's no score in it. I'm surprised having his uh, photograph there has not uh, hurt sales by any means. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I put it near yeah. the bottom of yeah, the page. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess uh, as a game on challenge, we can go by who gets, who can complete the game with the uh, 
most, most of my most, time, most time, time morning. of the time of year. Or yeah. even just completing. Oh, Jim Ryan wants to know if it's available on punch cards. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what Nick sends you the flip it cartoon yeah, version. Right? Of it. <laughs> Is there like a uh, you know it'd be really cool if you could dial up and you had a recording of it that you could just <laughs> play the recording and like download it like you're doing a C load M and just there you go. There's your analog download. <laughs> we tried that live in the show once, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know, Nick, if you wanted to, you know, do any final plug for the game here, I will mention one thing that's not mentioned on this little blurb here. It says it has two channel sound effects, sixteen color, two six two twenty five graphics, supports six zero nine CPU detected, runs about ten percent faster if it does. Five twelve K and a joystick required. One late addition is it actually supports two button joysticks, which I find much easier to control. You're between throwing an EMF and uh, jumping and stuff. So, uh, Nick, any, any comments on it? Yeah. Uh, the, well, the, the two button joystick support was put in late. Um, normally, you would just joystick down to throw an EMF bomb, but uh, certain people couldn't handle that. So, like me. <laughs> I'll be first to admit. So, they said just support the second button. I thought, yeah, all right. I, I just wanted the pure one button joystick but uh like apple anyway apple doesn't need more than one button on their mice so uh... yeah that's right <laughs> so, they, <laughs> so they so, both still work you just both still work options. yeah so depending on which one you prefer yeah yeah you can um, use skill or you can press a button <laughs> <laughs> you can play stupid or you can uh, press the button <laughs> and uh i highly recommend it the joystick's got to at least be self-centering uh yeah it's a bit hard well a lot of games are not very good with a uh, free-floating black beauty anyway so yeah yeah and i've seen reports in the wild already from people that bought the game the past week here and played it that at least two people i know of have actually completed it i think paul thera was one yeah, of them yeah it yeah, should be a hard one to complete. I purposely made this game easier. So everyone should be able to get to this. You just need a little bit, bit of patience. So, sorry. And you have Steve. to kind of figure out certain levels, like what's the <laughs> best way to do it. And yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, it's not really a, a uh, super gamers. You got to be a master to play it. Because, like I said last week, it, it just, be, it just got annoying that. You spend all this time trying to create a game right. and get some great final levels, and then you find out later that most people never got to see them anyway. So I made sure that at least people could see them. You know, yeah. that that's a whole secondary market. You can sell the game for so much, and then for a little bit more, they can buy the cheat code from you, Nick. So you can milk more. <laughs> you can milk more money from your customers. <laughs> or the player's guide. Yeah, yeah, the strategy guide. <laughs> the game is ten dollars, and the book is fifty. <laughs> includes, strategy, strategy guide will have one page. Poke. This, this, yeah, right. this. Here's all, the, here's all your this cheat posts. Here's your That's cheat right. <laughs> It's an experience game. Yes. So, yeah. We'll see how we go. I haven't heard too much feedback yet. It's a bit too too young. But uh, we'll see what people uh Yeah, you've heard some. Um, I, I know Paul had mentioned to me that he had a, a bit of a beef with one level that he was sent, sent out to you. So. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, which level could, was that? The one I call Snot Curtain. I can't remember what you call it. Oh, right? that one's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> snot Curtain. Yeah. <laughs> hey, not only Amy and Taylor can make up weird names for some of the games. Right, right. So. 
And now, you, uh, Nick, do you know, has anybody received the CD version of it yet? Just to see what the packaging and stuff no, looks like? I, I don't know of anyone. I know, I checked on the supply, the CD manufacturer's website, and apparently all the orders have been shipped. So in so the next should be few starting days, to trickle in pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and because they're in the U.S., it should only be, you know, within a week. Within a week, yeah. It's pretty I quick. I assume in the U.S. Anyone overseas like me, I'll probably have to wait another two, three weeks before I see what the heck I've been selling to everyone. Right. I, 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 think, I think they've got distributed manufacturing now, so I'm sure there's regional um I don't think so. Not yeah? with this company. No, ah, no. Interesting. I, it is a ah. two, three-week wait for me. Mm, uh, yeah. Hmm. Which is annoying because, you know, you, I release the CD, and I, I generally prefer to see a, a, a finished product before I, I tell the world. But yeah, waiting another two, three weeks, if it gets here because of COVID, I don't know what the postal service is like. I just thought, well, you know, let, let's see how it goes. I was pretty sure it should all be okay. But if there's any problems, let me know. <laughs> well, let's be honest, Nick. You actually wanted to get your Lamborghini that much faster. You just didn't have the patience. Oh, ah, Lamborghini now, is it? A... Lambos. <laughs> And this will play oh, an, this will play in an emulator, right? Too, because we did have one comment yeah, from somebody yeah, who does. did not have five twelve k. Yeah, yeah, it, it works fine in Mame. It works fine in VCC, and it works fine in Xroar. So there you go. Yeah, I haven't tried Xroar, so yeah, it should do. All the major emulator support. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so yeah, available so anyways, now, so you guys can. So you can purchase. Now. You can purchase the physical copy, and then you mentioned that you'll get the digital download. When you everyone gets a digital, so everyone who's bought it the cd even have got a copy of the game yes already so yeah yes, you don't have to wait that two to three it's weeks really, or whatever the it's cd saying. is for the collectors the ones yep. who want to hang it up on the wall and stare at it and evangelize it and yeah. say how wonderful nick yeah. is also makes or alternatively sense. play darts but it's that's right so yeah, really i haven't right. solved any yet but <laughs> when you put it in your car it's really good road trip music so uh <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I like the compressed version best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or punk rockish. Cool. Somebody. Congratulations on another great, successful program and release and launch there, Mr. Marantis. Indeed. And, indeed. Uh, yeah, now we got to do another one. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, are you taking a bit of a break or, or are you already started oh, your future domination of the world plans or what? You know what, no, I think, you know what I think is really missing? Here's just an idea for a, uh, for a new project. Anything involving Teletubbies, I think there's going to be a huge market for that. So if you could <laughs> manage to come up with an Shoot idea. Shoot that purple little. <laughs> no. No. Oh, give me my dear gun. So I am working on an idea. <laughs> I'm not coming around to your place, Patrick. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am working on another, another idea. It's not cemented yet. And it's only uh, it, it's a Coco two one, so I've, oh, I'm doing okay. something simpler. Yeah, I'm going back to uh, a well, semi graphics you know, game. Oh, you know, I was just gonna say, well, I would like to see a P mode four or even a P mode three because I, I, I know you love that. I know you love that white border and especially those green backgrounds. Yeah, so I know that's that... what turned me off. <laughs> I did think of that. I thought I haven't done a, a P mode. Well, I have done. My first game was a P mode three. My, all my second game, rather. Right, you, you've right, never um, done an artifact at You've never done an artifact you? game before. That would no, be interesting no, to see. Certainly not. Yeah, no P mode four. But I look at it and I just get cheesed off. Okay. So I'm going back to a semi graphics one. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I won't say anything yet because I'm still playing around with the idea and phase. all that. Okay. So yeah, I don't know yet, but it's going to be a bit. Uh, not going to take as long. I need some. It's a semi break. <laughs> right, right. Scaled down project. So there's Got a, a, a there's question a... from OG Hugo in the chat. He's asking, "Hey Nick, can I get one signed?" I. Well, the CDs are made by another company in the U.S., so I don't have access to the CDs. So to do all. that, you'd have to order it yourself, mm. sign it, and then I'd mail have it to again. order it myself. Yeah. So no, you just need to repost it. You got to pay and, international and postage twice. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you, you have to just, bump the price up. You just need the <laughs> You just need the slip sheets that go inside. You sign that and mail it to them for money, and yeah, I guess so, put it in their thing. You can. That's how they. That's how you sign guitars nowadays. Yeah, you can do a digital autograph that's in the paperwork. It's not quite the same, but. You can make no, an NFT no. out of your signature. Mm. Oh, there you go. The Nick Branty's NFT. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Anyway, yeah. it's a really good game. Um, if you guys have Coco 3s or emulators that you want to play it with, um, it's a lot of fun. And as Nick has mentioned, he's actually designed it this time so that even if you're not the greatest game player in the world, you can see 12 of the 13 levels, no problem at all. You don't have to earn your way to each one. You can just pick one and if you don't like that one you can just exit the room and go on to the next one type thing so you can actually see them all and they're all unique that's one big thing i wrote i wrote about that on, on my version of the page kind of describing the game is that each one i mean there's common gameplay elements there's things you're doing that you know the same between each screen but there's different mini games in each so it's a different gameplay experience for each there's always something new to to fiddle with yeah they all have that basic you know platform jump around uh element to it i mean it's it is largely a platform arcade sort of game i guess but yeah a lot of the screens have a bit of a puzzle not all of them but some of them have a puzzle element so some, some of them have of different them, arcade elements with yeah quite different so game sort of so. varies yeah so it's a bit of variety it's, as That's i wrote what, it on the on my page i think i said it's a bit of a break of, of what you normally have done yeah, where you yeah, have a, a general thing like I've, I've got to shoot things and then each level you just add more stuff to shoot or different things to shoot whereas in this case you know sometimes you're trying to solve puzzles sometimes you're playing a water file style game uh other times you're you're playing something with transporter tubes and anti-gravity all kinds of stuff like there's a bunch of different ways to, that yeah. you have to play like it's not all the same it's not repetition with just new new, new monsters added on type thing and, and, and the instructions are right does sort of describe the le each level uh, a one sentence description i don't try to say too much i do leave it for the player to work out what to do but yeah i just give a one sentence description of what the level is and then the player has to work it out for the the rest of it nick <clears throat> how do you yeah. figure um that it's 512k needed uh, is it load a lot of the game into memory or it, it it loads yeah it loads the entire game in and it loads just over 300k actually so that that's how i say it's got to be 512k all right so if if you had a 128k it won't work no there's just, just no way it could happen huh? no, no no i no no it does need the extra extra space yeah Okay. And I figured most people have 512 anyway, so. Well, not everybody, because if we read one person in chat says that, you know, they don't have 512 yet, so they can't. 
can't fight it this way. And point. right now we have a kind of a limited source on that too. Yeah. We, we had more sources for memory in the past, so. Um, so there, uh, is there any way that you could make it work in a 128K, like for a... Well, not really. We, not really, because when you consider the game, um, well, 64K right. is gone. That's the main 6809 address space. That leaves you another 64K. Now, the screens is double buffered, and there's two of them, and they're 24K each. So it, it does... Digitize sound effects. and Digitize sound effects. Yeah, there's no way. No way. Yeah. And even if you could do it, that would be a whole other game that you didn't write while you... Oh, Karen has this. memory. Hey? Karen, 60, says I have... Uh, he has a couple of 512 boards. Ah, there the you UK. go, see? There yeah. You go. So yeah, we. I'm we... assuming Cloud Nine might might still have some too, but uh, voice and text pretty well gone. Mark, is there any further on the two meg upgrades? Oh, Mark's or is Mark still Mark, here? We lost Mark. He had a power supply failure. He said. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's cool. Congratulations, Nick. I'm looking forward to getting that. And I, I still think too. I'd like to when I when I order some, I'm going to order an extra copy that we can give away on the air to somebody. And don't forget, Zama. Frank's uh, Frank going to be buying to a copy too. to give away too. So yeah, there'll be so two to, two giveaways. We have to figure out how to do that, but that's fine. It does. It's does official. Frank have five twelve k memory boards yet? I don't know. Uh, somebody go to retrowind.ca and see that. And by the way, we ran that commercial, but there's uh, if you're listening to this later. Um, the, what you couldn't hear in the commercial was the promo code because there's no uh, there's no voiceover. So if you go to retrorewind.ca and you use promo code COCOTALK, you get 10% off your order. And he's got more than just Coco stuff. As a matter of fact, Coco stuff is new to his offering. So he's got stuff for all types of retro systems out there. So Amiga's Commodore 64, yeah. Vic 20. But that is, a, that is a source now to get a Coco SDC with a 3D printed case and a fully loaded SD card. Full of cocoa goodies, so yeah. This cap replacement kits. Um, he's got a diagnostic ROM cart that's pretty new. Um, yeah, and I just went to their hardware <clears throat> for the cocoa, and currently it's uh, the SDC, the sixty three hundred nine, and then of course the sixty three hundred nine install are the only three things oh, like listed the on the service site. itself. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he actually will do the upgrades for. It. He's in located in Canada, so if you're in Canada and you want to get an upgrade done and you don't have the soldering skills to do it, like say me, um, then you can get it done there. But he you know, he accepts orders from all over Europe and, and the states. He's this is his full time job. It's it's not a side hobby for him. Right. All right. Cool. Congratulations. Cool. So what's next? All right. Okay. Next up, I actually because I did the zero hour uh, web page finally. Uh, to kind of coincide with the release of Zero Hour, I decided to catch up some other ones I've been promising for weeks and weeks, including one written by a guest here. So we'll do his first. Rick Eulen might recognize this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. I've seen that before. Poor timing, <laughs> but uh, hey, here we go. So what is the story behind this one? Because I think you wrote it quite a while ago. Did you actually sell it? Because I was going through old ads for Connect and I never saw it advertised, so I'm not no. sure. No, before I even started Connect, I wrote this as I used to write, you know, stuff in just basic for fun. And this was like my the last thing I ever wrote for fun. And then uh I moved on to OS nine and got interested in doing you know, no more fun. 
Yeah, no more fun. Yeah, no, I get interested in in serious computing and actually producing things with my work. And so, spending you know three weeks or a month writing a game that I wasn't going to sell and I didn't have a market and there was no easy way to make a market at that time. I think I eventually gave this away at a Cocoa Fest one year, and it uh, you know, I think that's where I found it. A, a few people probably had one. I didn't realize at the time you couldn't actually win the game. <laughs> so uh, when Curtis brought it up, I finished it so it actually could be one and made an editor so I could actually test it because, uh, you know, Risk is a board game. It's a little hard to set up. You can't just. In any case, by having an editor, I could set up a game to start and just drop in at any point right. in any situation and make sure the code works and blah, blah, blah. And that turned out to be as much, probably more fun than playing the game start to end is you can make <laughs> it some funky situation and uh, try to fight your way out of it. So anyway. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a nice 16 color rendition of the board game Risk, which is where the at risk comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, three to six human players. You have the save game functionality and reload the game where you left off type thing, which is nice. It's a little slow, but it's written totally in basic, no ML subroutines or anything, but uh, quite playable. I mean, as you can see from the screenshots, you actually did play it for a little bit. Yeah, looks good. So anyway, it's available for download on my site. I got word from Gleam this morning that he's approved it on the Color Computer Archive, so it should be up there now as well. So if you want to do history there. And this is just basic. So if you need to steal some dice roll routines or something, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild guess and say there's a handful of R and D sixes in there. <laughs> <laughs> you must be a hardware hacker or something, Stevie, to figure that out. I, I actually pulled a fast one though. You have to it starts the dice starts rolling and you have to click when you want it to you stop. It to and stop. then it rolls okay. one more time. So you can't like say, okay, it's always going to start with right, a four, right? Because the game the seed. You don't have to worry about that yeah, timer-based seed or anything. So, cool. Yeah. So that's that's the first. So the other two updates that into my page is I added two other games that were written by an old roommate of mine back from the '80s. Now he originally started off Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and then he got into TI Nine Nine Four A briefly. He did not have extended Basic Four, so he's quite limited to what he could do with it. And then he ended up getting a Coco 2, and he got lucky. He got a Coco 2B right when they first came out, just totally by fluke. So he ended up writing some games, and there's a few un ones that he never completed. Um, one was called Dragon Chess, which is kind of a 3D chess game. It's probably about two-thirds complete. And then he started his first machine language game, which he was calling Spy Chaser, which was going to be a clone of Spy Hunter. But all he got done there was the intro animated intro screen. So those probably will never get finished. But he also did a couple others that are based on, I don't know how many of you are familiar with these, but back in the like 79 and 1981, there was a series of four games called the Galactic Saga. Those started being sold by Venture International, and then they were eventually taken up by Broderbund to finish off the series. And they were for the Chair City Model 1.3, they were for the Atari 400-800, they were for the Apple II Pluses, which is where I played them back in the day. And they're basically sort of a space war trading simulation style game. So what he did is he'd created uh, two complete games out of that. He had a third one, which is kind of a pre prequel to the third one that he ended up finishing. But it's it's so close to being the same game. He just tweaked a few things here and there. So I'm not going to upload that one because it's, it's basically the same game with slightly different graphics. 
but the, the first one he did is called Galactic Conquest. So this is loosely based on the original Galactic Saga series, and it's also somewhat based on an old game, and I can't remember if it's Chromaset or TND, but it's called Stellar Empires. And this is basically what the game looks like. It's got an ML routine for drawing the text characters, which actually lets you do uh, change working area windowing stuff too. So there's some, there's also some uh, character string codes you can use to like do inverse video, turn the cursor on and off, that type of thing. But if you do a couple of pokes, and I actually have at uh, the bottom here, you can on both of them, you can actually download doc documentation if you want to use this routine in your own your own programs under for uh, Coco One and Two Basic. But basically, it's a, a character generated, nice pre bolded font, so it still shows up well even with artifacting. Yeah, uh, it has mixed upper and lowercase, although he's not using that too much here, except I think on the map level here. Um, and it does a thirty-two by twenty-four screen, so you actually get more text on the screen. Actually, about 50% more, you get 768 characters. And then you could, like I said, with these pokes, you can change the upper left corner and the width and the height of the window it prints in. So all scrolling and clear screening and all that kind of stuff fits within the window. So you can actually control. It's kind of like what you're doing with your adventure game you're doing in Quick Basic. There's yeah, yeah. Where you can kind of control that. And there's there's just tons of options of different submenus and menus you can go through here. So that's, that's the first one. And like I said, loosely based on the series, uh, the original series from Broderbund. The second one, which I also released for upload, and these uh, once again should be printing the archive soon if they're not already, is Galactic Revolution. Now, this one he actually made officially a clone of, well, unofficially technically, but it's an official trying to clone the third part of the Galactic Saga series. Um, so out of the four-part series, I think the last one was called Twala's Wrath, Last Redoubt or something like that. But this is one that actually is very heavily based on the original Apple II TRS-80 Model 1, 3, slash Atari 408 Aaron game. And he actually kind of mentions that here. It's part three of the Galactic Saga. So that was kind of what he was shooting for there. And this one gets a bit fancier because you have things like bar graphs and you, you're having to do all these different things. It's, it's kind of fun, too, because it actually gets pretty extravagant in what it's keeping track of. You have other computer-controlled players that are considered smart players, plus you have independent planets that kind of do their own battles on their own, but they're not trying to take over the whole galaxy type thing like these other big guys are. And both of his games that also allow uh, game load and save, just like Rick's uh, at risk does. Uh, but you have to worry about like morale of troops and, and what kind of troops you've got. And then you're taxing people and stuff here and you can do blockades and military attacks and you get the live results here. You also send your ships between planets and the further a planet is away, the longer it takes the fleet to get there. So if you've manufactured some ships and stuff to go attack, you can actually send them from two separate planets to start with at different distances. And if you time it right, they'll arrive at the planet at the same time, combine into one huge fleet to start attacking. So that's definitely a strategy to use. You might you know, send one that takes five turns to get to, and the other one only takes two. So you build up your first fleet, send it off five turns early, three turns later, you send off another fleet from this other planet, and then they converge at the one big attack. So... If you're into the space trading strategy games, I guess Zone Runner is probably the closest thing I can think of off the top of my head. This is a lot more intricate than Zone Runner. There's a lot more to keep track of. So if you're into this type of strategy um, simulation style game, I think you'd really like this one. Now, this was both of these were unreleased. James just gave them out to a couple people local here of Color Computer Club back in 85, 86, I think it was 80, early 86, before the Coco 3 came out. Um, so I don't know how extensively they've been tested. So if you guys find bugs, report them to me. I'll have to see if I can figure out what's, what's going on. It's not my code, so I, I probably won't be super familiar with it. 
Um, James is still around, though he hasn't touched cocoa stuff in probably 30 years or 25 years now. So I don't know if he'd want to go in and fix stuff. But and also, if you want to grab that uh, character generating machine language routine here, the instructions and what you can do with it, I've got on the website. Is that his well. own, or is that a third party thing? I think it was his own, but I'm not positive, and he couldn't okay. remember when I asked him. Okay. So. But I did. I did disassemble it locally here just to figure out, you know, what the different character string commands were and how that window system thing works, so you can restrict the output. But uh, okay, nice little routine. But anyway, if you're into strategy games, that's a that's a great one to get into. So anyway, all all three of those are available on my site. You can download them there now. You can download them off the archive. You can get descriptions, and screenshots on my site too, and a little bit of history of the game. If you really want to get into it, though, the uh, manual for galactic revolution the broaderbund version uh basically would cover this game the commands are pretty well the same the strategies in the game the gameplay is the same so if you need to find a manual for this one in particular you can just go grab the atari the trs80 model 1.3 or the apple 2 version next up after that uh paris rat uh released another updated version of meyer mayor 2. um so this one here adds in a new ability that was new to Meyer Mayer that's not in previous AGD engines where you can actually have sprites go behind objects, which is not something that was shown before. So this download has that and also has the ability to abort the music while it's playing. And you actually got a video released here so I can kind of show that effect. So let me fast forward about 40 seconds, about. roughly. And you, know, if you watch the player shape here, you'll see it going behind some of these stone walls. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. He looks so much like the guy in Knight's Lore. This actually looks really good, this monochrome, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of like some of the old Mac, classic Mac games, kind of. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I won't play the whole video here, but for those yeah. who want to kind of see that new engine in, in effect there, that's, uh, so the, the uploaded version, the updated version of this, I should say, is available in the World of Dragon archive. I'm assuming he'll get it up to the uh, the Color Computer archive as well at some point. You know, um, this, go ahead. I'm sorry, okay, you go ahead and finish and then I want to talk about it. I was just going to say, this also has the new music routine, because I think when he did the original music routine, you couldn't break out of it till it was done, and now you can actually just abort it anytime by hitting a key, so you can... You, know, you can listen to it on the menu if you want, and then you can actually get into the gameplay itself. When you were showing some of these AGD games with the uh, MSX2 board, I was commenting on how the colors seem a little bit different than what we're used to seeing, like on Cocoa 3 RGB stuff. And there was this one color in particular, it was like very much like a violet type color that you, not, not a typical color you, you used to see. But it seems like that color is common to that TI chipset, because I noticed some games on the TI 99 that had that same color, and even on the. Uh, ColecoVision, they used that same TI sprite chip, that that just seemed to be one of their 16 colors. It was just not a normal true blue, true burgundy type thing. It was a very violety type color that to me just kind of stood out. And yep. I guess I guess that's something that is kind of indicative of that particular chip. It's just one of those standard 16 colors you get from it or something. So Yeah, it's kind of like the VDG chip that we have in the Coco, which you know, has yeah. a very unique color set that uh, yeah. Nick absolutely enforced. But... Um, mind you, the VDG was actually created two years before the Cocoa came out. I mean, that, that chip was actually done in 78. So. We've got to believe those garish, awful colors that they used 
weren't their choice. That's what they could get out of the hardware that they could develop at the time. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, blue's a little funky. Well, no, no, it's blue. It's, it's, it wasn't bad. It was just <laughs> it was this un, uncommon from the stuff I remember seeing on my eight bit system. Yeah, for me, it wasn't so much. The colors were okay because they had the primaries. They had red, green, blue, yeah. and then you had yellow and white and orange, purplish magenta, uh, cyan, sort of a light blue, black. It was the combination of which ones they used in which modes that was a bit more annoying. Like the pastel set is really not that good for many games. Right. Right. They just which 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 colors were in which color set. The color sets could have been rearranged, I think, a lot better than they were. As as Nick said, you know, having black along with white and some colors would have been, you know, a bit better on quite a few games. So we we did it with artifacting, but if you had the PAL version or if you wanted colors other than orange slash red and blue, right. you couldn't do it. So Right. If, if either of those modes even just let you like change the palette on just the background color where you could have a true black and then three different real foreground colors, that would have been nice, too. Yeah. Yeah. The memory map would have been exactly the same as it is now. And you could yeah. have, if you could have picked from the nine available colors or, you know, 12 right. if you include the color set alternate orange and reds, you could you could have you know made games that look pretty, pretty cool. But 1978, it was a pretty good chip for 1978. Um, and it, it was probably pretty good up till 82, 83. After that, it started really looking behind compared yeah, to what Yeah, and the T1, I mean, there. it added the border color, it added lowercase inverse yeah, video, but that's really, not enough to... No, they really no. needed to upgrade the colors, yeah. And they didn't they didn't upgrade the graphics side at all. That was just the tech no. side they upgraded, so... Okay, now that's neat. That is really neat. I like the way that guy looks. Yeah. So a suggestion for Ken, I would like to, now that Paris even updated this even more, I would like this to be a future, not too far in the future game for the Game On Challenge. It's in the works on the list. It's coming up very soon. Okay, cool. Beautiful. beauty -mas. Rick Adams. Now, speaking of games, we've got uh, Rick Adams, famous author of uh, Bomb Threat. Shanghai. And Shanghai and Temple of Rom and Rom. Temple of Rom 2 and Omni Star. Oh, yeah. Have I forgotten any? The Nightmare Highway song. Yep. Yep. So he's actually working, and this is kind of a challenge. He's been doing a lot of basic stuff lately because he hasn't really touched basic in, in decades, as he put it. And he's actually cranked out a few things now, like the Wordle clone, Cocodal. So here he's actually he was working on it. It's kind of a little bit roguelike style game. Um, but this is based on him writing his own random maze generator, and he figured out how to do that. He hadn't really done that before. And uh, it's a work in progress. You can go to his GitHub and see what, what the current state is. And this is a screenshot. So right now you can run around this randomly generated maze and pick up you know, objects, like uh, it says found sword in the lower right corner there. You can pick up gold and he's adding in monsters and stuff and make it into an actual game. But it's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I like it. It's, it's kind of almost got me hankering. I'm going to go back and do some basic stuff, though I don't think I'd go back before Basic 09 myself. But, but rather than just doing you know solid right. assembly and, or C and, stuff all the time. Um, Retro Rick has been doing a lot of maze algorithm stuff that he's been providing the source code to for a while now. I know I know everybody's going to do their own thing, but if somebody's just looking for maze generation code, there's this is not the only source out there too. So there are other sources. Rick Kelly is his name yeah. on Facebook. Retro Rick, and he's been tweaking maze algorithms for a while that you can output to different modes graphically and stuff like that. So, uh, but it's cool to see yeah. other people 
taking up the gauntlet and just, you know, hold my bear and see what I can do with it, you know? Yeah, and there's different types of maze generation too. Like this one actually just creates like a two-dimensional grid of hallways, uh-huh. whereas something like Rogue creates, you know, rooms. So there's actually... Right, 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 right. There's always connecting them, but the rooms themselves are randomized in size and stuff too, where the doors are, et cetera. So but we'll be keeping an eye on that to see what, what this turns into. We'll watch his career with great interest. Yeah. This next one here by Dan Larson. He uploaded a short text-based game. I'm assuming it's an adventure-style game, though I haven't played it yet. Uh, but it's based on Freddy Krueger of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, mm. which you can kind of guess once you see this. You've managed to live through another dream. And I'm a big fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street, especially the first the first movie. That was one of the first horror movies I actually liked. Um so I, I'll have to give this one a shot here, but this is available for download on Facebook. I don't know if he's uploaded this to the Color Computer Archive. Uh, I, I don't know too much else about the game, but uh, nothing worth, I think, taking a look at because it's a it's a, one, another one of these long lost games. Like he said, he wrote this many years ago. And it's kind of like the games I got from James and from Rick. Right. You know, these games have been sitting around for almost you know 20 to 30 years and I've never s- seen the public before. And, and now we're actually getting getting these. Next up, we have an update from Gwim himself, where before we've talked about he's got his play now option on the color computer archive on cassette images of programs where you can just click play now. Uh-huh. It'll fire up XROAR in your browser. You can run it right there. You don't have to install an emulator. You don't have to have real hardware, whatever. He's now started expanding that to the disk section. So you can play disk-based games or disk-based programs for that matter. Right now, he's currently got the education and the game sections up. He's got some screenshots here playing like Space Quest and Cronus Rift and Donkey Kong uh, from Sockmaster. So now you can play disc-based games right online within your browser. I haven't tried this personally like on an iPad or on a any other tablet or phone or something to see how well that would work for some of the games. It might work well for some and not others, but it's it's nice for getting the disc options now because before it was limited cassette for cartridge. And And to be honest, most games decent ones and most newer ones are all based on disk because they need more than one file right. like for example zero hour would be a perfect example of that though that zero hour will not be showing up on the archive anytime soon it will At be available on rom cartridge in the near future though i understand oh yeah right nick well it already is if you have an sdc <laughs> everything's on a rom, ROM cartridge <laughs> boom all right boom chaka chaka Richard Kelly. Now you're mentioning Richard Kelly here. Yes, Retro Rick. Now this one, I'm not quite sure the history. Like I read through this and basically Monkey Shine 1.00. Now it's based on a combination of two games from the Atari 2600. One called Coconuts, which it's visually based on. And then an actual gameplay is more based on a game called Egomania, which itself was based somewhat on Monkey Shine's with some added gameplay. So he kind of goes through and explains a bit of the game here. But then he mentions that it's actually from TND Software issue number 63, one of the cassette-based uh, Coco magazines. So I'm not sure if he wrote this or if it's just a game he liked and he's uploaded separately. Like I know all the TND tapes or most of them anyway are available in the archive where you can get the entire issue with every program that's on them. Because they had utilities and tutorials and business programs and games and all kinds of stuff and mixture of machine language and basic. So I'm not sure what the original story of this is. It does sound like an interesting game. I have played I think it was Egomania. I played a couple times in the emulator way back, so I'm vaguely familiar with it. But definitely have to give that one a shot. Anyway, it's available for download right now on the archive. 
okay. are on the Facebook Poker group. This one we already showed. I, I had this up just in case Ken didn't have it handy. This is David Craker's, you know, monster yeah. score. <laughs> David, I, you must share with us how you're doing this with getting this recorded. I don't know if it's a phone or a webcam, but the fact that we can see the scan lines and we're not getting the over scan waviness of the, you know, of this the monitor cycle versus digital camera cycle. I would love to know how you did that. It looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best I think I've seen for an actual live, you know, filming the screen type thing. Most of the time you get that really dark, you know, the scan line going up dark half band, yeah. yeah. And then the other problem you have too, like I tried doing this one time, I wanted to do a video of um, Arkanoid uh, by putting a webcam, putting it at the CM8, but the curvature of the CRT also screws with the pattern. Do you know how there's like a pattern effect of the yeah, stuff? The, yeah, and then that gets kind of screwed up looking on how it, how it looks on the camera. It looks odd too. So it's just, um, this has always been the holy grail for me to try to create what old games look like on a CRT and to be able to do it from the surface of the CRT would be awesome, you know, to do it clearly and reliably. And yeah, like Ken, I know you, and we'll come up with this in the regular news here shortly, but Ken, you did a video on, on the video capture hardware you're using to capture off a variety of your old 8-bit machines through the RF coax style thing. And that's not quite the same either. Like like Stevie said, it, watching it on a real CRT is a little bit different. Yeah. Because it doesn't force the flatness. And Yeah. Cool. Uh, so we want to go ahead and just roll straight into news. Newsy news. Yeah, I think so. All right, so let me just do the intro real quick. If you want to start sharing your news, I'll get to the segment. So when I say take it away, Curtis, you can do that. From around the world, what you need to know. Get caught up on news with El Curtis Boyle. Muppet News Flash. All right, take it away, El Curtis. So David answered by saying that was shot with my iPhone XR camera. Okay. Okay. Keep the camera further from the CRT monitor and zoom in. This keeps the curves as less noticeable. With my new camera that I got though, the Logitech Brio, there are some really neat settings I can get with that. I haven't tried it on that one yet, so that, that might be another thing. Robert Sieg has been, uh, I've been following him. He's really excited about the Coco 3 composite artifact possibilities, right? So he's... Uh, yeah, and this is something, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to really follow up on this as much as I should have to really get on top of it. So he's taking some really high-color pictures, and he's using the composite artifacting, which is sometimes referred to as a 256 color mode. <laughs> now, is he basically doing the same thing Sockmaster John Kowalski did last year? Because we went through this with John. Or is I'm he doing not, something a little different? I'm not sure what he's doing, but I know he's. this is his voyage of discovery and experimentation, and... I couldn't tell you all the science behind it, but I just been seeing some of the posts and I just think it looks really cool and it looks good. Yeah, because here's like, so he did an old method and he kind of fine tuned the algorithm a bit so it looks a lot cleaner. Yeah, that is freaking bands. amazing. Absolutely amazing. And now, this reminds me what what John was doing, I think about a year ago. Now, do you, um, now here's a dumb question, but I think the Coco 3's uh, composite output is consistent, unlike the Coco 2 where you had to do the reset so we don't have to worry about the, you possibly getting the wrong phase on this on the Coco 3, right? It just, it's always, the, the composite out will always be the same, right? Well, you don't you NTSC hold, is called never the same color twice, but, but, right? But, we, but the Coco 2, you had to hit reset if the red and blue weren't 
correct, whereas the Cocoa Three fixed that. They it's not. Yeah, it's, no, it's consistent. Your so, color burst was consistent, okay, so but that, you, you, the tint controls, etc., or how the the CRT was tuned, like whether it was a TV or a composite. No, monitor, but I you, mean, I think we answered the but, question. If the phase is consistent, you're not going to get a random chance on what the artifact output is going to be. No, but you won't get exactly the same between every TV. Right. Well, that's that's on the TV it, at that. point. It's not like digital; like it's analog. Yeah. So, yeah. you're setting the hue or tint control could change your colors from purple to green type thing. You know, if you right. cranked it too far. So, and of course, this is for static images. You wouldn't want, wouldn't want to animate it. Yeah, this would right. be more like like, like a, a high color, graphical like the, adventure like game the, or, or the high color viewer type thing, right? So, yeah, oh, it's beautiful though. Yeah, he's done a really good job, and considering he's doing it independently, I mean, we all know how smart John is with, with this type of calculation there. I'm doing oh, high color back. And, and Karen just brought up a good point here too. He said he'd love to see downloads for these so he can test it on XROAR to make sure he's got his artifact emulation working properly. I, you, yeah, I, I don't know if he's uploaded it yet because I see it's still a work in progress. Like he's done multiple posts during the week as he's been yeah. kind of experimenting with the algorithm. So. I imagine he will upload it later because I mean Robert's always uploaded his stuff to uh, the MC10 group when he's doing MC10 stuff. Man, cool! I I love that this guy's just always messing with stuff and it's coming up with something new. Yeah. Next one, I'm not sure how to pronounce this name. Gustavo Schoenaker. Schoenaker, yeah, it looks good enough. Gustavo, you got right. Last yeah, one, oh, cool. last name's open to interpretation <laughs> there, right? Schoenaker, Schoenaker, tomato, tomato. Yeah. At any rate, he posted onto the uh, Coco Facebook group a link to his GitHub with the source code for it. And this is an Arduino-based USB joystick converter, which will handle two joysticks at once. And it also actually will auto-detect if uh, a USB joystick is actually plugged in. Uh, and it'll kind of like warn you, I guess, if it's not. Now, I'm not quite sure here if this is meant only for emulators so that you can plug it into VCC or MAME or XOR and use it as a joystick. Or if it's also going to work on real hardware, I'm kind of gathering from looking at some of the comments that it sounds like it's for the emulators only. Well, but because you you're going in. to USB, Coco doesn't have USB. Yeah, but it's an Arduino-based board you're plugging the joysticks into, so technically you could use that to translate it, like some other projects have done. So that's where I'm not sure how this works. Okay. Um, but anyway, the auto detection to see whether you actually have a joystick. He's actually measuring the. Uh, how does he word it here? The joystick is inverted. The 20K pull-up resistor splits the voltage with the 50K equivalent from the potentiometers, and you get it zero. But if there's no joystick, it'll get the one for the pull-up. Now, Rick or some of the hardware guys here can more better explain exactly what the heck that means. But it sounds like there's a way in hardware to detect whether something's actually plugged into the port or not. Okay. Well, yeah, because a Coco joystick actually pulls the line to zero or to five volts. There is no floats. So, yeah, if there's no joystick, there's no influence on the line and so his his little thing is going to make a difference and if there is a joystick his resistance isn't going to change it it's this this is this is why coco joysticks are better than pc junior joysticks okay. <laughs> in their connection to the computer um for this, a later date this might be a good opportunity also to tease something that we're uh, going to do since rick's talking about hardware right now we are going to be looking at um, doing uh, a hardware segment on the show. Short, digestible nuggets on the real basics on hardware and kind of leading towards understanding some of the hardware on the Coco. 
So similar to like the assembly series where it's going to be hardware for beginners, but really short segments, very digestible bites of knowledge that will keep stacking up. And Rick's going to be working on that. And hopefully we can get some few of our other hardware guys in on that too. Oh, cool. Exactly. I, yeah. I the did Cocos, not know that. Well, you should, you should read uh, our planning channel where I threw this out there. <laughs> That's just filled with drivel anyway. But, uh. <laughs> planning? We're doing that? <laughs> yeah. What's this planning thing you referred to? What show are you on? <laughs> so anyway, yeah. it's, it, it's a cool project so yeah. yeah so i'm glad you explained it. so that should technically work on real hardware too then not just the emulator correct i think this is specifically to use a real this joystick. is to use real joysticks on usb devices this is to convert a coco joystick to a usb so it's designed for emulators okay so you can use my joysticks on your emulator yeah what a great guy yeah. <laughs> you should be, you should set up a bundle deal. Brian Shubing, which we had on the show earlier, but he had to he had stuff come up. He couldn't stay. Yeah. Um, so basically what he did here is he did a just about half hour sort of a tutorial walkthrough video of entering sheet music into Ultimuse 3, which of course is the MIDI package for OS 9 and Nitrous 9 that lets you do up to 16 voices at once. Um, what you can define your synthesizer and what voices are assigned to what MIDI patches, etc. And he actually, I'll just play a couple seconds to kind of get it. So here he's kind of got his, you know, the time signatures up here, and he's working on the treble clef, which he's comparing with the sheet music on the left. So let's play a tiny little bit. Yeah, let's just start with this one here. Just dragging yeah, just... note up there. Yeah. And since it knows so, it's so half notes here, four four time, it's skipping to where the half notes would be. It doesn't quarter, put it on the quarter. And we can just simply just keep going through here, and we'll just do the first couple measures here. All right. So even if you don't know music, if you have access to sheet music, you can just kind of you know, like I said, this yeah, it's basically just click, piece. drag, and drop type thing. Yeah. So it's actually not yeah. that hard. Getting into setting MIDI patches to the instrument sound exactly like you should. That you might have to know a little bit more, but. Basically, yeah, it's pretty easy to enter. And you can, and it shows you, you if it's flat now, or open Now, you probably saw not. that the, uh, you saw like a... Yeah. No, Altabuse was quite quite a revelation. Like, I actually bought it, and I didn't even have a MIDI synth. My roommate did, and we actually teamed up and used it for a bit on, on that. Now, I don't know how to read music myself. I do stuff, if I'm reading music of any sort, it's with tablature. It's just easier for my small brain to understand. Um, <laughs> right. Or I, I play portal by ear. I could have cheated through. I could have cheated through guitar lessons with this program. <laughs> <laughs> Just copy the notes over can and then you, let um, it play, play you, it by. And hey, I'm good. <laughs> can you can you scrub over to where we can actually hear the sample playback of it? Where he's got more of. The... I think you did that at the very beginning here. So okay. We're going to take a look. That's a little snippet okay. of it. Cool. We were talking to him earlier on the show here, and I guess the song was released in the 50s, so that still might be under copyright, so I don't want to play too much of it. You know, play that. No, that's neat. It's a, And, and what, what I like about that, and even like some of the uh, uh, Coco paint programs, is a lot of them looked a lot like Mac Paint did. You know, yeah. even though the resolution resolution was slightly different on the Coco 1 and 2, we had some very good good tools that were on par with what a much more expensive Macintosh system did, and especially when you have like a black and white screen like this, it's very Mac-like, you know, Mac classic anyways. Um, and so like your Coco Macs and 
Color Max and, and stuff. And Lyra or Lyra, however yeah. you want to pronounce it, the mm. music editor. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how, because I didn't really own Macs back in then because they were so expensive, I don't know how big um, MIDI was on the Mac Classic or not. But um, I, I, I had a, some of the following, but I think at that time, I think the Atari ST pretty well owned the MIDI market. Yeah, yeah. I got into MIDI like in the, I, I was familiar with MIDI. And I had all the soundboards on the PCs and stuff like the AdLibs and the Sound Blasters. But I finally got my own MIDI set up in like the early 90s on, on my PC. And I was, you know, I went MIDI crazy just having fun playing with that. And playing, it's one thing to play MIDI files, which, you know, before there was MP3s, you would just download MIDI tracks, you know. And they sounded good with a Sound Blaster or an AdLib. But once you got into, because I had the Sound Blaster cards that had the daughter board where you could plug like a real keyboard. Uh, module into your sound blaster so I had this Korg keyboard that I kind of bolted onto my sound blaster that was MIDI and then you heard those MIDI files being played like on a real instrument it was just a game changer that was the next best thing to mp3s because you had the good organ sound and the real drum tracks and all that kind of stuff so hearing MIDI files on your computer it was better than mods well mods to the way like the mod files had the sample so you heard certain things in mods that you couldn't hear but a good MIDI track on a good keyboard uh sounded really damn good you know yeah yeah and the coco actually i think at this time frame like when all the music came out so this would be the, like the late 80s i think the coco was actually fairly popular i mean bill pierce oh, yeah. actually used it with his band playing live and i knew a few other people back in the day that did too so i think atari is probably the most common and then i think a little bit later the pc started getting more popular with midi cards etc too or you know built-in sound blasters whatever with midi outputs but there was a brief amount of time where the Coco was actually, the Coco 3 in particular, was actually one of the more popular ones for doing it. Right, because the there were MIDI, um, true MIDI uh, cards for this with the MIDI ports, right? MIDI in and MIDI out, right? So Yeah, I mean, Jim Brain sells a, yeah. a remake of one of those yeah. now, the Maestro. Right. But we, we had multiple. We had uh, the Bitbanger could actually output up to 16 voices. Now, if you got a super complicated score with a lot of really short notes, it probably didn't quite keep the timing exactly right. But we did have MIDI out cards that actually did that from multiple manufacturers. And we had ones that actually had the dual MIDI in, MIDI through, and MIDI out. And we actually had some software that actually record live playing on a keyboard, which Darren Autry's demonstrated to us on, on the show before, too. Mm. So you could actually use the uh, Coco as a mini recording studio for MIDI as well. Yeah, neat stuff. And you can hear this live at Coco Fest. If you come to Coco Fest, you will hear Brian playing... Tons of MIDI tracks through a Coco 3 over a very loud sound system. <laughs> He's the life of yeah, the party. Yeah, and no, no copyright strikes there, so you can actually hear music. Actually, record. supposedly there was a tan the most recent Tandy assembly. I oh, think sir. some of the stuff he was doing did did cause their videos to get a copy <laughs> copyright at one point in time. So, um, yeah. No, I meant the live setting. Like, nobody's going to walk in the room and say, shut that down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. And what are we looking at here? Okay, Sheldon next McDonald. up. Yeah, so he's working on a Coco VGA utility, and it's uh, basically to help customize the palettes for existing Coco 1 and 2 games. And uh, he has a little bit of a demonstration with Puyan. Now, this is kind of based on the fact he saw what Nick had done with the uh, Coco 3. Right, right. Now, somebody else had done this once before. Hugo. Um, Hugo DeFort right. had done this once before, too. He did a similar Which, which one. Sheldon was not aware of up until he posted and got some comments. Yeah. So now what he's shooting for is making it much more user-friendly and easier for a casual user to set the yeah. comments. Yeah, that's neat. 
because it was a little bit technically oriented. So I'll, I'll play this here. Yeah, Brendan gives you some pretty good tools where you can set certain palettes and then save it as something you can load up as like a binary file um, through a basic program. McDonald's here. Yeah. Um, I was just doing some testing today with the Coco VGA. And then I kind of started thinking that uh, on the Color Computer 3, you can change the palettes for a lot of the older games. Well, there's no reason why we can't do that with the Coco VGA on the Color Computer 2 there's as well. There's no reason whatsoever. Um, so I did this little test. So I'm going to execute this. It's going to change the default color palette, just like you can do that on the Color Computer 3. And I'm going to try out a game. Um, so we'll try out Puyan. And we all know the colors are really bad on, on Puyan. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see how you can customize the the four colors that that are actually used. Yeah, so you don't um, have so that dark blue just, in this normal color set That's not just a limit here. to the color computer yeah. three anymore. Right. We can also do this on the color computer two that's equipped with a Coco VGA. That's a I'm going to build eh? a uh, a quick uh, utility to be able to customize colors. Uh, so you can do presets before you load games. Um, I'll probably be releasing that eh, probably within the next week. Um, but as you can see, um, this isn't the best color palette still that I chose, but but I chose it. <laughs> and to be able to change the colors for the game is uh, is pretty cool. Yeah. So he turned uh, one of those colors so to dark blue. not just a yeah, okay. limitation. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the one that Hugo did, because he was using a basic loader and a memory program and stuff like that, I think there we ran into, he ran into some complications with, with certain things just screwing up RAM. Yeah, like large games that couldn't yeah. load because the yes, basic loader because was you had a basic loader doing a few things. So the fact if you can have a real short binary file that you just execute and it loads those palettes into the v, Coco VGA and then boom, then you that's that's clear then you just load it as normal that's that's pretty yeah you just make a little preloader and then it doesn't need to right. with the loading and then the i think games. somewhere in that thread too there was a possibility of maybe making these patches into the game itself like a preloader for the game i'm not sure if that can be done or not but uh yeah for some of them definitely i mean there's a few that might fill most of ram or something like if you're running on a 32k machine so you might have to fiddle with it a bit but yeah, yeah. definitely should be able to do that also i want to mention in the chat b bruce moore mentioned he used the coco to play a midi baseline live which I played and sang along to, and then he emphasized live. Live. There you go. Next up, we've got uh, Nick Brissovac, whom we've featured before, and he's done all these wacky keyboards where he's just grabbing keys and stuff from all over the place and different machines. And he's actually getting one here that's starting to look like, you know, once he gets it finished. Uh, oh, snap. Um, that looks like a Model 1 keyboard. or, or what, I'm not sure what it is, because you see the TRS-80 sticker down down there yeah but this one's starting to look more like an actual like one of the uh, third-party keyboards we saw back in the day i mean right. it's missing a few spots here it's also looking um, like a coco mech with the different color highlight keys and stuff you know so <laughs> yeah and the placement of the arrow keys left right way in the bottom there's different yeah but that might just be the way you know the the, the frame he's got the keys mounted into now, just out of curiosity funny. if you just switch your keycaps around does that automatically change the matrix in the mapping if I want to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing the answer would be no from a technical standpoint. 
But it's interesting just seeing what he's kind of come up with. He's pulling in these keys from various other systems that have nothing to do with the Coco and actually come up with a keyboard that, you know, is, is getting closer and closer resembling a Coco keyboard with some, you know, color coding, but real full blown keycaps. Frankenboard. Yeah. I remember so many people did this back in the day. So this, this is kind of beauty. Makes me feel nostalgic. Isn't that what this show is all about? Pretty much. Next up, uh, Daniela Connor. Now, she's been working on this kind of having Coco control a bunch of different little hardware projects to kind of simulate the uh, flux capacitor from the Back to the Future movies. Now, we showed a previous video where she had, I think, a Coco 3 doing some racing lights where you could adjust the speed, et cetera. So in this case, she's using a Coco 1 and 2, or Coco 1 in this particular case, to animate this uh, flashing light here. And eventually, these are all going to work together in sync to get this whole flux capacitor going for multiple cocos basically under their control. And then Let's when do that. we get when do we get to 88 miles per hour? You'll have to ask her. I'm not okay. sure on that. Right. 1.21 gigawatts. Great, Scott. All right. Cool. Need a lightning bolt not to hit the coco. Uh-oh. James <clears throat> Jones got some stuff going on here. Okay. Yep, and now the sieve of uh, please somebody who knows how to pronounce that properly please say it out loud. Uh, let me see. Erato, Eratosthenes, 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 Eratosthenes. My um, life's goal has been fulfilled. I know how to say that. <laughs> Eratosthenes. There's, there's a crater on the moon named after this guy too. Ah. Okay. okay. So you snuck up from the backside? No. Okay, nice. so this is a series he's doing on comparing Basic 09 and Color Basic. Yeah, and this this one went a little bit beyond because uh, the, the original. This is a benchmark, one of the old benchmarks that Bike Magazine, a bunch of others used to <laughs> he's, do. He spelled it out phonetically in the chat: air uh, toss the knees, air uh, toss the knees. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. Yes, you'll, you'll never be able to unhear that again. <laughs> it's burned in my brain like a CRT. <laughs> Pronounced C R T. Uh-huh. All right, this is an old benchmark that was in the early, you know, early microcomputer era. Um, I, like I said, Byte Magazine and a few others used to use this as one of their suite of, of benchmarks written in BASIC. But the funny thing about this particular one is that it actually takes a fair bit of RAM. There's uh, an array of, I think, 8,192 elements it's got to keep track of. Now, if you have the option, like in BASIC 9, of doing Booleans or Byte values, well, then it takes 8K. On the case of extended color basic or color basic for microsoft you only have floating point which takes five bytes per well now you need 40k just to hold this array so he had to do some programming hoops to get around it he did mention that tim linder's uh Squanchy basic uh which relocates roms right to the top of ram and if you only have color basic it gives you basically 50 plus k of free could technically run this even with floating point reels so yeah he goes through like how to get the program to actually run on you know extended basic first and then gets it to run. Now, of course, because of all the extra translation has to do, I think he snuck it into a string array or something. I can't remember. I looked at this at the beginning of the week and I kind of forgot the details, but it definitely runs slower than it would in Base 9 because Base 9 could do it natively. But uh, it was interesting that he had to actually make these workarounds to even get it to load and run, period. And the program's not that long. If you take a look at the actual listing of the two, let's see if I can find out if you get it side by side. Now, these, this is a narrated thing, too? Is there... Yeah. He's uh, using the, the computer narrator type thing. We don't oh. get to hit, hear James's own dulcet tones, unfortunately. Mm. 
As an observant COCO programmer, you've probably caught on already. The flags array has over 8,000 oh, wow. numbers, and the only numeric type color basic has is five flights. They might have her phone number. There's not enough memory. <laughs> I want her Check to talk. Check your phone. Slow. I think. I think. I want she her to know. do a slow, dramatic reading of source code to me. <laughs> oh, but Stevie, we could fix that for you right now. <laughs> I think that's the same woman who called about my extended car warranty. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so because, it, it is a basic problem there that you're trying to fit an 8K array of five byte reels. It's, it doesn't fit, no matter how much you pee clear. And, then, and then, uh, we, then we have some like side by side comparisons of the code running too, to see, to see the speed. No, difference. actually, this is something that he mentioned that is going to be a different space. He said it gets kind of boring watching you know one program take 10 minutes to run while the other takes like you know 40 seconds. So he kind of like cut cut scenes in between to show the results and what the okay. times were. At least we can see what it looks like in normal basic versus uh, basic 09. Because uh, yeah. you, you don't need the line numbers necessarily there. So And this one, he, he got around the, 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 the limit because he doesn't have to use real. So he's using Boolean, which is just a single byte value, basically true or false. And that's basically what it's really checking for. So um, in this case, the actual uh, program runs better under basic nine not just from speed perspective but it actually runs without modification really except Listen, that you're curtis defined. just say it everything's better in basic 09 right well exactly that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> oh yes <laughs> there you go that's the proper attitude david ladd not included uh now listen here we don't want to scare everyone away no, i'm glad you were able to muzzle yourself so we didn't lose aj early on in the show so yeah and here he is trying to figure out a couple different ways to get this to run under basic using strings he's using you know mid strings you could do peaks and all kinds of things trying to you know force shrink it so it's not five bytes per element so he does get it running okay thank you mr jones First, Next is, go ahead. Want to bring up something? Um, a certain somebody told me a message that you happen to have one of those Coco joystick to USB adapters sitting on your desk. Uh, no, it's not on my desk. It's on a table back over here. <laughs> well, the so your source still was desk. wrong. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've pulled these. Okay, so what are we looking at So this at is a here? channel I've not seen before called Martian Tech. And basically this guy received a Cocoa 2 that was basically specified to be not working, and that is correct. Um, it's a Cocoa 2B, I believe, because they actually, when you took a look at the VDG chip, it appears to be the T1 inside. Now it powers up to give you a green screen, but nothing else. Okay. So for the hardware gurus here, normally that's a RAM, RAM. problem, is that? Usually RAM. Or it could be a so loose, he, loose ROM socket or something, too. I don't know. If, yeah, if so he used a scope, and he went through the RAMs, and there was one particular RAM that is reacting weird. So he figured if he swapped them, you know, the problem should follow the chip. It didn't. So now he thinks something else is wrong. Now he goes through the entire, you know, debugging process trying to figure out what's wrong and basically ends the video because he thought it was going to be RAM. He was going to stop the video once he, you know, fixed the RAM up. But that didn't work, so now he's going to do a follow-up video because now he's not quite sure what the heck is wrong with this thing. Um, Can I jump in for a sec? Yes. Yeah. With my accumulated wisdom, the the VDG system is working. The CPU is not. 
that's why you have a border and a blank screen. If you had no RAM, there would be at signs everywhere with the same situation of the VDG is working, but with no RAM, there would be at signs everywhere. And then the CPU not working, that's ah, where you would- CPU. So, so it looks like the Cocoa is basically running except for no CPU. So we okay. got our border, we got our screen, we got our RAM, we've got blanks up there. We're ready to go. Nothing's going. Well, Rick, if you want, if you can leave a comment to him, that might help him. Yeah, sure. Um, Martian Tech, if you can copy and paste this uh, URL into maybe the Zoom chat so Rick can get it from your browser. Okay. Yeah, Please it's in do. the news uh, summary listing in, in Discord, too, so okay. you can grab it from there. It's because in there. I've stared at this screen several times, so <laughs> I will, uh, I'll get in touch. Me, that's just waiting for a basic program to run the sieve of a rest of error. What was it? Eratosthenes. <laughs> Eratosthenes. Next up, uh, this is uh, another Rick Dillon. Geez, you're popular on the show today. You've got risk. You're fixing <laughs> hardware, and now you've got your key fix keyboard kit. So Pedro Pena, otherwise known as uh, Rocky, Rocky Hill yeah. on YouTube, kind of did a would this be called a review rick or have you seen seen this yet i haven't even seen it yet so turn it up okay, to 11. Well, the, turn it up to 11. he wants to hear it so. in that case <laughs> i will play the whole thing it's just a hair under four minutes i like that uh six bit dac music he's got it's a bit damaged <laughs> no 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 <laughs> so we're going to take some screws off of the bottom of this thing here. Some is an understatement. Telegames. Oh, he didn't that? read. The oh. You're supposed to put the keyboard upside down into the top half of your cocoa, and that keeps the keys from pushing on the ground. Okay. Well, he's come up with his own, with his own spacing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just making fun. Yeah. Didn't do any of that. I just put it on the table. He's got a shot glass now too. For oh, okay, he's gonna put his screws in there. Right. <laughs> See, if that was me trying to do yeah. hardware, that'd be a shot glass. Most most repairs go better that's a, without that's the a toothpick holder. Be, be careful which one's the shot glass and which one's the screw glass while yeah, you're right. doing this. Yeah, don't get the two confused when you're drunk. That's one thing to say. <laughs> oh, don't worry. You'll just have to dig those out in a day or two. The, the okay. fiber. So the. Uh, Oh, he didn't show the good part. All the springs and guts springing out. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and just screw it back in. So this just replaces everything behind the keys, the mylar and that metal plate and everything. Exactly. Leave the. It's actually ribbon cable coming out, not mylar anymore. So that should be much more robust too, right? Exactly. And that ribbon cable then goes to like a... a a rigid edge connector thing too. As any any yeah. circuit board that yeah. fits into mylar connector. All right, instead of a little loosey goosey floppy whoppy cable, you got to try to wedge in there. You got a nice. <laughs> I'm not used to these uh, technical terms of yours, Steve. Yeah, it's yeah, a loosey goosey yeah. floppy whoppy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's like wiggly <laughs> wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff too. So yeah. Uh, don't forget the thing, Majig. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't need to know about Stevie's private time. Thanks for classing up the joint there, David. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. It keeps flopping down. Good night, everybody. Asparagus. <laughs> That's the limpest joke I've ever heard. Yes. Me, Asparagus. Uh. <laughs> so that metal plate that you took off, you don't put that back. No, this is a pretty chunky circuit board, and right, it's uh, wouldn't it screw it up if you did? Oh yeah, because yeah, I mean, that would short out all the contacts. Well, all the short it out. Yeah. We've kind of changed the way it works in a bit. The circuit board floats on those screws, so you can tighten it closer to the keys or further away from the keys to make how hard it is to type change a little bit. And I will mention that connector, the way you've got there, is more similar to the way Ed's uh, Coco replacement, the whole keyboard. He sells the whole keyboard with custom keycaps, et cetera. But yeah, I, I couldn't. The same think. solid. Yeah. <laughs> My keyboard works again. Yay, yay, yay. Cool. If you knew how hard it was to get that many keys to all work on every board that you put out. Look um, at that awful screen. Thank you, Computer Connect from ComputerConnect with one N dot com. And yes, that's one N in Connect. That's one N. <laughs> we leave out the second N and pass the savings on to you. That's right. <laughs> well, since we're plugging your product here, Rick, I guess the first question is: is how much do you charge for this? Uh, forty-five bucks. And they're uh, you've got them in stock, ready to go on your website, correct? They're in stock, ready to go. I'm soldering up extra parts ahead of time because I'm slow and. Use offer code Coco Talking and get two for ninety nine. <laughs> sales tax. I used to have a discount, but it expired. I'm uh, going to have to. Have we have Rick here. Just wondering if he can give us an update on his uh, Ethernet um, cartridge. Did you get a chance to have a look? What was wrong with it? I on that other Coco you got. I think I've narrowed it down to one. Um, real, I don't know if it's a date code or a series code or whatever, but there is one version of the WizNet chip that doesn't always work. And my earlier versions do work on the PC, the Coco 2 that I've gotten from uh, Strict. That... So anyway, I have two the two earlier versions, which are actually maybe older date codes work and the last version that i got the 10 pack of that is probably an earlier date code works 80 percent of the time right so i've ordered five more that are now a different date code because i checked with jlc so we'll see if that's an improvement and i'm done or <laughs> So you might just have to make sure you have specific revisions of the WizNet chip. There may be a specific yeah, revision that I'm that I need to be after because I think the last chips I got were an earlier version of the chip. If you're assuming that this letter code is actually dates somehow, or you know serial code somehow, so I think we're on the right track. Um, that's why I haven't said anything yet. I don't know till I get my new round of boards in and if that works on the pc which i'm still borrowing that doesn't work 
I keep saying PC. I mean, it's a Coco. Yeah, it's we yeah. know what you meant though. It's a Coco <laughs> show. All PCs are Cocos on this show. All yeah. PCs are Cocos. Everything else doesn't friggin' count. <laughs> nothing, nothing else counts. So yeah, it's promising. I'm fingers crossed. And um, oh yeah. Oh, go ahead, good, good, Nick. Oh, I was just wondering. Uh, did so that's to get the Ethernet to go, um, is, and the serial works though. Well, it's worked for a long time. Right. Yeah. No, I was just wondering. So well, I, I don't. I to be truthful, I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I haven't worried I was, about serial part in so long. I was wondering what the possibilities of putting a real-time chip, a uh, real-time clock in there as well. There it is. Well, yeah, we've got room. We've got room for stuff. If I can get that's what I thought. Yeah. What so one cartridge to do? We, we can everything. finally eliminate that problem. And they're not going to shut up. <laughs> we could do without a real time clock. All we need is network time. Network yeah, time for NTA. True. Yeah, that's right. Actually, clock is set, and away we go. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that. <laughs> but but you know, I have six more chip selects on the pal there. So, and uh, probably an inch and a half of board space, and in a ROM pack cart, we could really cram some more crap in there. <laughs> anyway that's all i got okay and next up we've got ken and we kind of mentioned this ahead of time a little bit there so this is uh kind of getting retro things of course talking about uh how to hook up for video capture and you're using a capture usb card or something is that correct um actually i'm using my really cheap uh it's actually so a uh, of one of those little things you buy for um, changing VHS tapes over to uh, uh, oh. digital. So, but that's, I just use that for uh, the composite capture. Now, is that RF or composite or both? It's just composite. Okay. So like your Coco one there, you wouldn't be able to use the song. Now I can because of the thing that I've got here, which is one of those old fashioned um, uh, cable boxes. Is that the one we're showing right now? Or? Yes. <laughs> I just okay. found that in a box of uh, electronics that I had bought a while back that I didn't know I bought. <laughs> and, nice. and, uh, so this is doing like RF to composite conversion? Yeah. So you just do the RF into the back of this, and then you do your composite out into the capture card. And now I can capture all those old uh, gaming systems and stream them or uh record them or do whatever i want which some people would say a vcr would do the similar purpose the vcr does exactly too. the yeah. same thing except that i've got such a small desk no i get that yeah yeah the vcr so, is uh, cumbersome yeah. so uh, yeah I've, i have had to run through the gamut on different capture devices to get different types of things i've actually found one that will capture rf over oh, yeah. U over usb um, so i'm is, using that little white thing you see uh, sticking out of my power bar there yeah yeah that's actually uh, my capture card for this. Okay, which is composite, yeah. Yeah. Then if you just fast forward it a bit, you can see how the uh, Intellivision looks on Burger Time. Although, I don't want, know if I want to play something here that's going to make me more hungry than I already am. Right. But <laughs> I did have a little problem at the beginning, but because the cartridge wasn't in all the way. Right. 
Now, do you notice any banding or striping in some of this too? Because I do notice when I use one of my RF capture ones, and you know how we normally have the lines for the artifacts, like the spaces. Yeah. I notice I'm still seeing those lines, almost like in normal scan lines or horizontal. I see like vertical scan lines when I um, um, capture I RF. Didn't, I didn't notice. It looks actually really clean, especially okay. on the uh, Intellivision, the Atari, and the uh, ColecoVision. Here's, here's a close-up of what it looks like. Yeah, okay. I see scan lines. Sometimes yeah. Most monitors... people see dead people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes monitors do a better job than others. Right. So this is a direct yes, capture. Yes, this is being captured, which then reveals all the imperfections that a lot of times oh, yeah. analog I mean, it's obviously the Intellivision, lower resolution yeah. than we're used no, to. No, but... it looks good. Colors look off. Now it looks like we're running a composite palette on an RGB game here for a second. Like those patties look like they're a health code violation. They shouldn't be that olive color, should they? <laughs> they're they might be vegetable they're burgers. They're vegetable <laughs> those are just pickles. Those are those St. Pa Patrick's Day burgers. <laughs> that's that, that's that, was that BK, uh, um, what is it called? The, the Amazing Burger or whatever it was? The Wonder Burger? Incredible. Incredible Burger. Yeah. Incredible Burger, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And W has one of those too. I can't remember, yeah. I can't remember which one's which. Okay, so this is the universal oh. translator to go from RF to composite, and then you can see a good composite capture. Yeah, I've already done it in a Twitch stream, which worked out really well. So. Beautiful. Actually, uh, now that you mentioned that, do you want to mention, because you're planning on actually starting up uh, your Twitch team more regularly now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm doing it regularly. It's uh, Canadian Retro Things on Twitch. It's uh, I'm streaming right now uh, Sunday nights, Monday mornings, and Tuesday mornings. And and what, what, what is your focus there? Is it like a gaming or just retro and gaming? Channel? Gaming. Uh, Sunday nights, I'm doing the Game On Challenge of the Week, plus other Coco games. Mondays, I've been doing uh, Gates of Delirium. I might do some other stuff on there too. And Tuesdays, I'm dedicating to games like the Intellivision and or just a different system. Okay, I didn't I didn't realize you were doing the Gates of Delirium on there. I'll have to watch that, rekindle my old memories of actually winning that game over months <laughs> of playing. I've been playing it for about a month now, so. Nifty. Cool. So Canadian Retro Things on Twitch. And then, yep. and we're also, we are, I forgot what the word is, but we're hosting that on the Coco Talk channel too. So, um, yep. so if you subscribe to Coco Talk as well, and he's streaming when we're not, we'll be picking up his feed like we do with, uh, with the Amigos and with, uh, Hugo, um, other people like that. Frodo, Frodo NL. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and that's because I was looking at OG Hugo, who said um, he ordered one of your keyboards, Rick. So the Coco Talk effect is in effect. We're making cool. sales here. We're getting subscribers, making sales, moving products. We are just helping the global economy uh, push forward. So, boom. Thank you, OG and also, Hugo. I'd just like to say OG Hugo in the uh, things did say, like, he modded his in television to do RGB out. And I would like to do that, but... I want to get another one first because right, 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 keep right. one yeah. original. It's completely original. Yeah, I only have one in television, one Coleco, and right. So one of the one. things that you might notice when you and I don't know because I do notice you it looks like you are getting some uh, composite captures from your Coco. I'm not sure if you're doing that through the Switcheroo and, and the HDMI converter, but if you take a normal analog capture 
on mm -hmm. a Cocoa that's been composite modded or even a Cocoa 3, you might notice that the signal is, is really subpar because they're, yeah. just, they're not standard to how they output their composite stuff, you know, so. I was messing around with the MC-10 the other day and I mean, I can capture it with this, but it uh, is kind of fuzzy and not very clear, so. Cool. And there's a Cocoa Cat. There's yeah. Cocoa Cat. There's my cat that insists on being in the broadcasts all the time. <laughs> Very cool stuff. You do a wide range of uh, helpful videos for people to see things. So that's really cool. Between your Coco SDC stuff and um, Nitrous cat, 9. Nitrous 9. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got cool. a basic 09 video coming up. Yeah, that's cool. Just to plug myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really like. I'm. I'm. I'm very grateful that we've met people like you and Rick and 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 all these folks that we've met and we've showed them off because we because we found them. When I say we, I mean Curtis. But you know, once once Curtis discovers somebody and we feature him on the show, if we're able to bring you into the fold of the community and we help you and you help us, everybody wins. You know, and we've had a lot of that over these past couple of years. So that whole symbiotic kumbaya type stuff just seems to keep happening. It just it warms my heart to know that we've got. So much goodness going on. So, see, my only complaint is Curtis was about forty years too late. If he had uh, gotten a hold of me back in the eighties, I never would have left the cocoa scene. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you should have joined our club. Us. We had sixty members at one point. Well, that's I, I did actually didn't know about it in North Battleford. There was only a couple of uh, cocoa users that I knew, so we didn't have much of a club. Yeah, that reminds me. I've still got to scan in all of our newsletters. I actually found them all. I think we had fourteen issues that we did. So I'll have to scan and put those up in the archive at some point, too. And we'll be doing a Basic 09 seminar at uh, Cocoa Fest, so. Oh, great. That's oh, is that what we're doing? Yep. That's time to go out and uh, get, get... I didn't get, tell get, you that, did get I? Get your car washed, nope. have a meal, you know, take a nap, things like that, so. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Okay, next up. Switching over to the MC Tent for a little bit here. So Simon Jonasson has been working on and got working now in auto exec binary, which basically means you do a clone M and it automatically executes the program. Now, James Diffendafford mentioned that he had done this before himself about 10 years ago, but had lost the code because of a fire that he had at his house, unfortunately. But some other people actually still had copies of it. So they're basically, it sounds like they're doing it the same method, but Simon wants to take it up a notch like he did with some of his cocoa loaders. He wants to do a fast load, so to load at a faster baud rate. And 1500 baud. I'm sure David Ladd would like that. But he also wants to see if he can actually get the MC10 playing some background music while loading, like he's demonstrated on the Coco. Mm -hmm. So that's what he's kind of shooting for. So that'd be really cool to see the MC10 do that, I think. Yeah. Okay, next up, this is a, uh, a French channel called Galamoon Retro Gaming. And he's got multiple Alice's here. So he's got the Alice 90. You can see the red box in the bottom the wider one with the you know yeah. diagonal edges on the corners yeah. look at that and he's going alice 32 now i'm probably forgetting the details here, but i think the alice 32 kind of emulates the vdg but it doesn't actually have a vdg in it it has a much more advanced card that actually does 80 columns and other things too so uh he briefly shows off his uh, alice 90 here just to kind of show you what it looks like i'll just let the closed captioning kind of cover these and then there's the actual Al 32. The MC10 Red Edition. I still need a red one. Yeah. So if that thing in the background there is playing on an Alice, that's really impressive. 
Oh, it says Commodore Meeg on it, so I think it's just a video he's got running in the oh, background okay. for his channel. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so here he fires up the Alice 32. And now it just looks like a normal VDG chip, right? Yeah, MC10. Microcolor Basic, Microsoft Corporation. CLS 40 changes it to a 40 column screen. Oh my goodness. Let me guess. CLS, CLS 80, 80, 80 column screen. And that was that was built in? This is not hackery? Yep. Yep. This is built like in the Alice 32. Different uh, ROM fonts and stuff there, too. Wow. We can modify the color page by typing in CLS2. Okay, yeah. So that still works. So, the VDG yeah, and color then it has set. the same color set, too. So they yeah. still work compatible with the original VDG. Okay. One. But it's, so this is kind of like a Cocoa VGA uh, yep. for, for, for an MC10. MC10. Yeah. Somebody needs to throw that motherboard in the uh, MC10. He's got a vector. Yeah, because it looks the like the same too. keyboard, right? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's the Alice. And more built in RAM. You can see he's got 8K free. And then he's got the external RAM expansion on top of that you can plug in. Matching, in matching red. Burgundy color there, yes. Why doesn't he plug it in while it's on? It's not hot swappable, Ron. <laughs> I know. Does not want to release Lay Magic Smoke. <laughs> Doesn't want to do the Danny O'Connor, you know, yeah. plug in a multi-pack into a multi-pack with the power on type thing. No. Now it's saying 23. So he just added uh, 16K to his 8K, which you got your, your 24. Rough yeah. math there, you know, 24 or some odd K. And he's in a 40-com screen, so that takes extra RAM too, obviously, because yeah. it's 40 by 24, 25 or something. So 10, lay 10. Uh, I, so one thing the... about the Alice, though, is that it does have a <clears throat> French layout for the keyboard, so the letters are in a different order. Yeah, Azerty, I think it's called or something. Yeah. Right. So is is it the deal where all the video is in the first 8K RAM now and the RAM pack is just... I don't know. I, I remember from reading when we were talking about it before, it has a completely different video chip. It does not have a VDG. So basically for all the stuff. So I'm not sure how that's mapped. And here he's showing the assembler. Wow. Yeah, it was actually like sold a... by Matra in France. They made it themselves. So. Where is, his, where is he loading the program in from? Or is it in ROM? Well, he's got a cassette right here. He does mention that you can get SD card readers for it as well. Um, so I'm just going to fast forward until he actually demonstrates some of the stuff he's running here. Hello. Now, this is what Motorola should have made instead of the T1. How come he doesn't have a red um Look how fast player? that thing scrolls, too. Yeah, especially considering the size of the screen. Yeah. It looks like there's some embedded machine language in that program, because when you started listening, yeah. it just going off the rails with that. Some uh, rocks. Yeah. An animated text and some side-scrolling stuff going on there. Yeah. I think this particular program he's running is actually was set up for a 32-column screen, too. Um, so, oh, of course, so running it's... a little funky on a... Okay, gotcha. I wonder if Jim Gary's watching this. <laughs> he usually does catch a show at some point or other. Challenge accepted. Hey, Bits in the Don't Basement get... says this guy has more systems than a museum. So he must have all kinds of stuff, huh? Oh, look at that. You can do like a pyramid shape with your text and everything. That's and with different color foreground. Yeah, different text. colored text. So that's that's above and beyond the yeah. PDG as well. Yeah. 
Imagine if Tandy did a the color computer deluxe with this chip. All right. Why didn't they release that? it? That is. Yeah, 1480 column colored text. We probably wouldn't have seen a Coco 3 if that were the case, though. Yeah, that's kind of what Mark has mentioned, too, that if that had gone through, I mean, he, I think he was still going to try to plan to do a Coco 3, but with the built in, you know, base yeah. hardware that was going to be built into deluxe. You, you know what's cool is he has the uh, cassette player and the computer up at an angle. So you can yeah, see. Yeah, he's got like a little riser yeah. thing there. That's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, look, because you have these other types of characters, like uh, checkerboard patterns he's got there with the sun in the corner. Yeah, um, and his diagonal slashes, like yeah. his forward backslash is colored. It's not yeah. green. That's really neat. Yeah, to be able to have colored text and colored semi-graphics really would open things up a lot, you know, because you could then get like your slashes and your Vs and all kinds of other things to create symbols. Um, he he yeah. printed that sh shirt he's got on with that computer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it shows you like the, like the MC-10 was basically a stalled single shot that was only sold here for a year in North America. And then somebody took it and did something good with it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, one, one they had the MC-10 clone, the original Alice, which basically yeah. ran the software, had the 20K RAM upgrade. But then they took it with the Alice 32, added the 4080 column support, you know, colored text. And then they did the Alice 90, which is like a whole different machine itself and a little bit bigger, but... Yeah. Well, back in the States here, we had Jim Gary to make this machine. <laughs> and now we have, you know, Brendan Donnie's actually done a Coco VGA for the MC-10 yeah. with the little risers to get it to fit and stuff, where you can kind of duplicate some of the functionality we're seeing here. But it's, it's kind of a good, a, good, a good way to look at what could have been if Tandy had kept it up and kind of gone this direction as well. Cool. Right. They dropped the low-end Coco and had this as the, you know, MC-10 and more he's got the internet on that machine behind him yeah. and push the <laughs> yeah. up higher the alice 90 web browser um cool that is really neat yeah it's stuff that we that us here in the states probably won't get to see too often unless we're, we're lucky enough to get find one of these machines yep and plus it's such a nice friendly red it is it's a burgundy <laughs> it's a beautiful burgundy can you imagine calling up your uh injection molding supplier and saying yeah i need this color <laughs> now eight bits in the basement who actually lives in france uh, says that's the guy with the sheep mm. i'm not sure what that means well that's that little character there he asks yeah. people to like and sheep scribe at the end subscribe don't forget to like okay. and sheep scribe. And there's the sheep yeah middle mid shot yeah staring yeah. at it right there I'll, I'll bet you he sleeps good Looks like lamb chop almost. All right. No, we're running out of news. Yeah, now let's switch over to the dragon side of things. So Duncan Smeet, of course, is one of the people that actually helped create the dragon in the first place, working for Dragon Data. And he also wrote the book Inside the Dragon, which kind of went into the innards and programming, et cetera. And he was recently going through all of his you know, archive stuff here, and he actually found one version of his book that he had done a dedication to his parents-in-law. Which you actually quoted, I thought it was kind of amusing, so I'll read it out loud, especially for the audio listeners here that don't get to see this. So he penned this in the following in the in inner cover. In this book, I duly wrote the bump I knew, the stuff I quote. The dragon examined bit by bit. You see, I'm not so much of a twit. Instead, I've been writing, I've done quite bra. So this comes with love from your son-in-law, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. 
And obviously a bit of uh, British or, or UK slang there, like bra, I'm not sure what that quite means. Sixie, you can explain that in the chat. And the second one, I'll let Ron talk about this. Now, I did get yeah. one correction from Sixie. I thought this was a cassette-based magazine for the Dragon. It's actually a disc-based magazine for the Dragon, but it was an online you know, distribution of programs. So, Ron, if you want to mention exactly what this is and how you got a hold of it, what's your opinion of it? It's called Dragon Up to Date, and it's um, it came on uh, the download I did for uh, the Dragon on the SDC. And, um, you know, it says uh, magazines or something, mag. So you go through and there's all these different dates and um, they're loaded with all kinds of stuff to read. And um, there's some graphics involved here. Here's one. And um, it has a lot of, uh, you know, uh, false color, what do you call it? Artifacts. Artifacts. Yeah, artifacts. Which all they over the wouldn't place. have had on theirs. <clears throat> yeah, Maybe not. Yeah, there was that the PAL. Yeah, but I, I got this hooked up to a TV, so. Uh -huh. And um, this this TV works pretty good, you yeah. know, making it readable. Yeah. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, that's why I put I posted it. I don't see stuff like this on the Dragon board. I always see a lot of hardware stuff. So I threw it up and I said, you know, does anybody looked at these lately? It's kind of fun to go through. It kind of tells what was happening at the time if you read some of the stuff. Yeah, the thing that fascinated me about this, I mean, the Dragon existed basically from 82 to 84 before they kind of got shut down. I mean, they went to your heart, forbidden, they might have lost to 85. But this is July of 1994. This is after Rainbow already died. And yeah. they were still publishing this. In fact, it says here that, you know, this is basically issue number 18. So they've only been going for a couple of years. So they'd started this in the 90s. Yeah, that's another thing. Like Patrick says, if you turn the um, color down, you, you'll see a black and white version. But I, yeah. I just go through stuff. Picture gallery, OS9 musings. I should take pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even talk about like the the Dragon Professional, which of course is what uh, John Whitworth is trying to duplicate right mm -hmm. now. Or no, it's Dragon Beta, I guess he's trying to duplicate yeah. right now. But... Dip in the post bag. Right? Yeah, there's lots of stuff to look at on the Dragon, which is a little different than what what we have on our machine. So it's, it's kind of refreshing to you know, find something like this show up and and you get to read it. And it's now, do you know how long this lasted, Ron? Like how many no. issues they had? No, I, I just went through and picked a couple of random ones and showed them. OK, neat. Good find, Ron. And that's on the SDC yeah. image or it has it on the uh, website and the archive. It, 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 it comes from the SDC image you get from uh, Dragon, the Dragon archive. Oh, okay. So it's on. It's on there. It's on there. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? I, I'd like to find out how. Uh, you know all the AGD games. Mm -hmm. Um. So I took I took a game, and I put it in uh, VDK format. You know, copying it back and forth, and it wouldn't show up on the SDC. I wonder why. Well, there Any are packs. You can anyone? download packs that are already set for the uh, SDC with yeah. the file names. But but I, you know. I was, I'm wondering. Oh, so I you're trying even... to download one from the Dragon archive? Those are all set up as um, as Dragon disk format. So you right. Have... Well, what if I had a game on the Coco and I wanted to put it in VDK format and put it on my uh, SDC for the Dragon? You know, why won't it work? Uh, the, the disk formats between the Coco. I mean, the Dragon and the Coco are very close on basic, etc. And and you know the hardware setup and stuff. 
The one thing that's quite vastly different is the disc. The disc uh, ROMs are totally different. The, the Dragon's sector based, and you know we're granule based, and they can handle forty track discs and other things. We couldn't do any of that with the built. There's ROM, probably so. tools though. There. Um... Well, you know the um, the main utility. Okay. That has VDK. Okay. Yeah, there, image tool. Evidently, it's yeah. not um, Dragon. Uh, Version well, Karen's also saying there are restrictions on VDK files um, f on the SDC itself, though. Oh. They, they have to have a particular head size, and it, you can't remember the details. So there might be some limitations on how VDK right. is. That, that is a good idea, though. If somebody could write a utility for it to allow you to easily transfer files back and forth between Dragon and Cocoa 4 right. disks, I wouldn't yeah. mind that because there's a few things I would like to throw there or pull off there. And put on well, the this, is one, this is one thing that would be cool to, to look on a, a color computer with. Right there. Yeah. Uh, Karen also answered the question earlier about the word, the rhyming word. Was it brawl or something? He says that means good or well. When he says, when he says, you, as you can see, I've done brawl. It means, uh, the oh, right. Dun yeah. Duncan Smita done. So as you can see, I've done good. Right. So, um, all right. You can see I've done well. Um, okay. Now that is neat. So it's basically, it's a digital magazine run on the computer itself. I have not seen anything like that before. That is pretty cool. We used to have one on the Cocoa. I'm trying to remember. It was Rick's Computer Enterprise used to make it? I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, Wasn't it like mid mid Iowa and Cocoa Country or something like that? Yeah, was that Terry Simons or somebody? Or Rick's Rick's did it too. I, there was a few I remember that they used to include. Like you know, they had the equivalent of the Rainbow Gallery. You could load in like artwork and take a look, but they also had programs and articles and. One other so thing. It, it was like CFDM or something. I think it was called. Yeah, that rings a bell. One other mm -hmm. thing this does is when it first comes up, it asks you if you want to print it to screen or to the printer. Oh, so it could be a <laughs> could be a physical magazine too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like oh. how they're doing the fonts and the centering and the arrangement and stuff. It looks really good. This is a really well arranged yeah, uh, product. There's some upper and lower case there. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, this is all graphically drawn. So that's neat. Good, good find there, Mr. Delvo. Mm -hmm. And that's all I have for the news. And that's week. that's all we have for news. And that, as we say, is that. Um, no, that's cool. So well, let you, me share screen for a quick second. Share screen, Rondovo. Okay. Let's see. Sharing is caring. All right. Rondovo, Ron's garage here. Yes, I do. Ron's garage. All right. Now, um, check this out. This is Eratosthenes, the crater. Oh. <laughs> okay, there we I, go. I took that with my telescope, and that's the name of that crater. It's ah. right near Cop Copernicus. Ah. If you're ever looking at the moon, okay. With the triangle in the middle. And then uh, I took um, defense uh -huh. and let it run without touching anything, and it had all these different scores, uh, all by itself. Oh, <laughs> I just wow. put names in there. <laughs> Do you ever do that sometimes? Just let the game play? No, I've and... never seen a game that would actually update its own high scores. Well, it, it doesn't. I have to put a, I have to put a name in each time and then, oh, but and then no, run I've, play again. I've never seen an attract mode actually keep, oh. keep a record of the score that it did in the attract oh. mode itself. So, yeah. Yeah, this does it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's neat. So, 1800 is amazing, you know, for uh, just randomly all those uh, lines coming down yeah. and blowing up cities, you know. Pretty pretty interesting. I thought it was cool, and it was a game related. And I don't do games, so yeah. I thought that was neat. <laughs> You've done a few lately, so I don't know if that's true anymore. Yeah, that's true. This uh, book I found in my collection somewhere, and I thought, oh, geez, what's cooking? 
Look at this. <laughs> hmm. And then um, while I was looking for that, I found uh, I still had one of these. Um, the uh, floppy doesn't work, though. It needs a, you know, a rubber band. It's funny that that actually still has almost a cocoa green background when you think about it. Yeah. Black text on a green and, background. And this was on, yeah. uh, on, on St. Patrick's Day. I was going to show it. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Kiss that actually life. looks like a VDG screen, dark blue with green. Yeah. That would yeah. work. Yeah. And the box, to have the box was interesting. It, it doesn't have any uh, styrofoam in it anymore, but I also have uh, uh, an HD that has a hard drive, but it, it it doesn't work. Now, did Tandy make that, or that wasn't like what they did with the key receiver? That was like was a Panasonic. I oh, think. was it a, like a Panasonic one? Yeah. So I know yeah. with the uh, Model 100, they kind of oem that uh, also have one of these little things when these came out it was so cool to have computing power in the palm of your hand 64k yeah you know yeah. amazing well the, the batteries are dead in this thing right now mm. and we have phones with 64 gig yeah right right right. this uh reference handbook which i think is really cool if you ever get one of these and um our our friend william barden wrote it Probably one of the books that you can reference uh, him. Not find anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. And I found uh, I had a uh, data connection cable for the Model 100, never opened. Yeah, quite the treasure trove. Cool. Yeah, and then there's a an old mouse, Radio Shack mouse. Comedy mouse, huh? Yeah, it's a, it would do uh, PS2 or or cereal. Cereal. Okay. Yeah, nine pin. Yeah, kind of like how now we it, do PS2 to uh, USB. And then this thing's cool. It's a, a birthday thing. You put your birth date in, and current date, and then you get a list of, uh, you know, how many days, hours, minutes, and seconds old you are. And I then, don't want to know that. And, It'd be too depressing. And then the well, syntax I, error. I did this on a uh, a color basic machine, and evidently the line after in 150 is an extended basic. So it oh okay so it tried, on it. It, it tried to do like a play maybe a play command or something maybe yeah play and if you look over here <laughs> if you look over here someone says uh, um, show us line one fifty yeah oh yeah Alan Huffman he's all he's all into it he's yeah, like I want to see it I want to see it yeah, yeah. What, what broke the computer <laughs> yeah. we'll fix that for you Ron just let us know what it's saying right now isn't that cool I, yeah I never in the back of my mind I think I thought. Well, somebody's going to see that and wonder, but I thought I'm not going to put it up. It's just, you know, it was a basic. Well, if you did it on the same computer, you wouldn't see the this token one. anyways, because it would be like an exclamation point. Yeah, see? Yeah. Color yeah. basic. Yeah. So, uh, no, that's But it does play, you know, some cards. Yeah, I mean, it, absolutely. It plays ROM stuff. Then I had this Atari uh, CD that I pulled out, and uh, it has... Um, Vintage games on an old vintage, vintage laptop. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, that's an cool. oldie but goodie Dell laptop right there. Yeah, and you can pick uh, whatever um, game you wanted. Oh. And it has previews of up and coming games that you can't play on your new mach your old machine. <laughs> uh, you know, anyway. you just reminded me of showing you that syntax error in one fifty because this I think came up on Facebook too. It was the um, AGD things when there's a program that loads it and they were getting an error in the thing because the line just said RGB 
And even yeah. though oh. you could list it and see it, they were still getting the syntax error. And when we showed that on the show, I go, I, go, I bet you that was a tokenization problem. And somebody yeah. said, yeah, if you just retype that and saved it, it ran. But the other thing too is, is that that RGB command is only gonna work if you have a Cocoa 3. And I don't know if there's any conditional logic that checks for that. So if you tried running that same program on a Cocoa 1 or 2, you would still get the syntax yeah. error like Ron just did. Because RGB is only a command recognized on the Coco Three, and it's only needed on a Coco Three. So um, it does check whether you're it using does. a Coco Three. Okay, though. it does. All so right. so it that way skips it, that line if you're not using a Coco Three. That way 3. it turns off. So that's basically just turning off artifacting, so you get the pure yeah. monochromatic experience and setting the right color set. But, but yeah, the, is, go ahead, Ron. Sorry. This is a Canadian uh, color computer a? that evidently restarted their. Um, numbering because it's 452 which is pretty low and well, they're using the metric system for their stuff so yeah here's here's where it says it's from canada over here oh, the french yeah. kind of gave it away to yeah. us <laughs> Le, <laughs> <Le Coco Du. laughs> yeah so that's it guys for thank today. you Ron. thank you very thank much you, Ron. thank you Ron. um yeah. before we get before we get into updates and acquisitions there was a request from og hugo to talk about coco fest so i'll see if i can't pull those things up real quick so uh glenside glensideccc.com would be one yeah frank at canadian retro things is wondering about that too so i told him to contact and then uh, the second one would be uh tandylist.com Contact Grant because um, he, he's thinking about being an exhibitor there, possibly. All right, so to get into I think the you question, mean Frank at Retro Rewind. Yeah, I'm Ken at Canadian Retro Things. Yeah, you know, all you damn retro foreigners, get you guys confused. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so to answer your question, OG Hugo, uh, what do you? In, in order to know about uh, Coca Fest, it's GlensideCCC.com, which by the way has been baked into our live chat feed too, where it says Coca Fest. Uh, is uh, May and May 14th and 15th. You can go to glensideccc.com. This is the um, website from the Glenside uh, thing. If you click on the Cocoa Fest tab in the far right-hand corner and we look at our 22, 2022 information, we will see where it's going to be at, the Holiday Inn Elk Grove Village um, in Illinois. There's the address. It, uh, the cost to attend is free. Um, this are, are you sure you're thinking you're sharing your screen or I am sharing my screen, but I guess, I, well, I am the people on the live feed can see it. So I guess I'm not sharing it okay. to you guys. So let me go, let me do that again. Let me share my screen. Sorry guys. The guys on zoom, were not seeing that. I just want to make sure they were seeing it. So uh, they were seeing it cause I superimposed the uh, zoom, my zoom monitor. Um, okay. so yeah, so it shows you where it's at. It tells you the price, the, the days, the times, um, you can, um, you can also order a meal, which we'll have on premise. I think it's twenty dollars for the meal. You can attend Coco Fest for free if you want to be an exhibitor or just have a table for yourself or to show off a project. I think the uh, the cost of the tables is a little bit of money, um, but you can see a lot of that at GlensideCCC.com. Another thing you can do is you can register for a table uh, uh, on Tandy List, and I think there's a link to Tandy List from the Glenside site, but it's TandyList.com. And once you sign up for Cocoa Fest, you will have a login to Tandy List. But here we can see kind of the floor pan of the main exhibit room. And we can see here of, of the 62 some odd tables, only the ones in green are available. So the tables are, are filling in pretty quickly. Um, but it's a very large uh, exhibit room. Last year was the first year that we have this, uh, this venue. So it's a very big room. Lots of tables and lots of rows. Lots of room to walk around 
and do stuff. Um, we can see who don't who do have tables right now: Jim O'Keefe and Coco Brothers, Nitrous Nine. That's Oasis Space. Um, Eric Canales, uh, Retro Innovations. That's Jim Brain. He's over here in eight and nine in the corner here, back in the corner. Um, NCS, Mark D. Overholzer Consulting, Wrightveld, uh, Jesus Eric is over here in forty-seven, off on the side. The Music Man, Table Forty-eight, which is where is Forty-eight on here right now? Where the hell is for? Oh, down here. So the music man's in a different spot uh, this year than he was. Does he only have one table? That's I should have two, 36 and 48. Oh, I'm not seeing that. Oh, so that's the one that's across from it. Okay, because because of the way they're arranged in the columns Yeah, yeah 36 up third okay, from the I right. Okay, I see that too. Yeah. All right, I got you. Yep. So you got those two sections there on the end. All right, you got more room there, Brian. Yeah. All right, cool. So yeah, you can kind of see who's got tables and who doesn't. Um, the other thing that they were going to show off somewhere here on the Cocoa Fest would be the schedule or attendees. Who are the attendees? Are we showing that off? Okay, so these are people who have registered. Um, we can see who have already prepaid, I should say. Those are your attendees, uh, which also linked over to Tandy List, it looks like. And then if we drop down and we look at our schedule, um, uh, okay, these are the days. I don't know that they've got it broken down that much yet, but then I guess maybe if we look at vendors and speakers. If we look at speakers, we can see who's scheduled to present. I guess that's still not filled in yet, but more of that stuff will come up. All right, so so a good place to start is glensideccc.com, and you can also send an email to the club. You can register online. It is, it is encouraged that you do register online rather than having to wait to check in and everything else. You can, that way if you want tables, you can get a table. And you don't have to be a you don't have to be a person who makes things or sells things to get a table. And, and you might just want to be able to have a table so you have somewhere to sit. You know, the, the, what they call the place to call home, the place to park your butt. So you might just want to get a table so you got a couple of chairs and a place to sit down and and rest your goodies. Not a lot of tables left, right? Um, so that is a good sign. Cloud Nine is going to be there this year. That is good, right? So that's table forty and forty one. Um, I'm not sure where they are over here. Okay, so Cloud Nine is here. So that Cloud Nine will sell things and repair I they things. Had four tables. Again, because it's not arranged in a way that matches the map. <laughs> they might have 38 <laughs> and 39 and 40 and 41 for all I know. Uh, Cloud Nine, uh, 40 and 41. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it's hard for me to follow this, right? So anyway, yeah, they do 52 and 53. So they got 40, 41. 52 and 53. So they're in this quad. They're in the opposite quad from you, Brian. All right. So they're in a quad section here. Yeah. So there's lots of areas. Um, and then there's a whole other room where the auction takes place. And the auction is like everything you would ever want from eBay at like 10% of that price. You get really good deals on really good stuff. Um, so there's tables all around the walls. There's rows and stuff of tables in here. Lots of stuff. It looks like we're going to have a lot of people attending. A lot of these tables are already booked up. So last year being our first um, post-COVID event, um, we still had a decent turnout. We still had like 85 people there, had an amazing auction, and, and still had some good presentations. Most of the presentations were done uh, virtually, but I, I would still say that last year's Cocoa Fest was still a success, especially in the middle of a pandemic. It was a good one. This this year is looking like, since we're hopefully you know post-pandemic-ish until the next variant comes out um it's looking like we're gonna have a lot of people in there and whole nine yards so this 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 year's coca fest probably going to be banging right um yeah. and it costs you nothing to attend obviously if you want to stay on campus you need to book a room there and you can get the information on how to book the room and mention glenside to get the special rate all that kind of stuff 
Um, also, I'll mention for Canadians too. As of April first, they're dropping to having to take a PCR test across back over, so that makes things a lot easier for us too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yep. This this year should be a should be a really good year. Right. Um, and I'm sure they'll update that website as far as who the various um, speakers, what the speaker schedule is going to be. I know one of the things we talked about last year, and Grant Leedy. Um, has been the one in charge of that. They're trying not to have back-to-back presentations because it's really hard. So I think there's going to be at least a half-hour break between presentations. Um, and I'm also trying to limit the number of presentations each day because it almost feels like you have to make the Sophie's choice. Do I sit here and listen Two to things shows. all day? You can either attend the fest yeah. and see all the exhibitors yeah, yeah. or you can watch all of the Right, right, things. right. So trying to find that balance, I think, is what they're trying to work on this year, to have less presentations, a little bit more time between the presentations and let you get a little bit of everything, right? Uh, Daddy Burrito's mentioning the rooms might be going fast. Um, uh, Tim Flanken wants to know if you're going to bring your git fiddle, your guitar that fiddle. That is the plan. Okay, so... So yeah, um, there might be the live jam this year since there were not that many musically inclined people here last year. We didn't have the live jam, but we did have Jim Brain's, um, uh, what was that thing called? The Tesla Arc thing that was making all the music and sparks and stuff like that. That was pretty cool. So um, what's also nice about th- this this venue is there is a place where you can eat right there. So I mean, still it's nice to run out and go to Portello's or something like that, but there is kind of like a loungy area where you can get like pub food and get burgers and fries and wraps and sandwiches and wings so there's uh it's an on-premise food place so you don't have to leave we also have the saturday night dinner where if you prepay that we all have a big buffet style nice dinner with all kinds of meats and sides and things like that will there be live coverage there typically is um but the logistics on that are probably still be to be determined so uh, so hopefully we, we helped you answer some of your questions, OG Hugo, on the how do you find out about Cocoa Fest. GlensideCCC.com. It's a good place to go for that. Um, anybody else want to chime in on Cocoa Fest before we move on to updates and acquisitions? Cocoa Man will be there. That's a reason to come. Oh, indeed it is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in, in honor of this, Coco Fest review or a, a preview you have here, Stevie. I want to go ahead and offer, have a special offer code on CocoMan.biz. Use offer code Stevie, and I'll add additional twenty percent cost to your order. <laughs> Make up the savings in bulk. <laughs> All right. So, final segment of the show is updates and acquisitions. Have you worked on a project this week? Have you acquired anything this week that you want to show and tell? Do you have a story to share, uh, et cetera, have, et cetera? Uh, I have something to ask you guys. Um, now, you know when um, you go to uh, an auto dealer or an auto uh, store, and you have maybe a code show up on your car, and you want to have them hook up that device under your dash and yeah. get a code. Yeah. Well, isn't that a serial connection, do you think? It's it is. Can, it's a okay. CAN bus, yeah. All right, so isn't that something that maybe the color computer could do? If you knew the codes and you were able to write up a program, you could probably do that, couldn't you? Stuff you'd have to have a there, well, there's, portable you need, you, need a, you need a certain diagnostic thing. Somebody actually made one of those in the Dragon community that was able to read errors off of the cocoa that was non-functioning the problem with getting codes is you have to have some level of functionality to know what the code is 
Okay. And so if you've got a dead machine that doesn't boot, it's kind of hard to read what the problem is. Um, so my code reader, I had to update every two, every two years because it won't know the new codes. Right. What's the chance? Yeah. Who's going to do yeah. that for your logo? Well, you guys know uh, Tony Pedraza, don't you? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, can I share my screen for a second? Yes, Ron, by all means. Okay. This is the Ron DeLo well, um, shares. Here's, here's another um, way that you can uh, test your car. Test your airbag here. <laughs> <laughs> good old Tony. Yeah. He always has a good thing. Yeah, test your airbag here. <laughs> that is a good one. So I was trying to think of an intro that would be Coco related to be able to yeah, show it. Right, okay. Right. So I had to be a little creative. There you go. That was your segue. That yeah. was your seemingly ambiguous segue to lead into that right. punchline right there. Good job, Ron. Good right. job. Good job. Uh, so updates and acquisitions. So we talked about, we showed off your parts of your video, Brian, the music man, about you uh, uh, transcribing sheet notes uh, into the Cocoa. Anything you want to add to that, Brian? Uh, not really. There's, okay. I forgot about half the stuff that I used to know on it, so I got to review some of my old videos. Remember, yeah. it's, the sometimers has kicked in. Yeah, right. Well, that, although I do have something, um, when I log back in, um, you were showing about the for the dragon, the the uh, that online uh, the magazine magazine. Thing. Yeah, is that a floppy of it? Let me uh, let me spotlight you. Let's make your yeah. Listen. I don't have good light. Hold on. Okay, hold on. Right there. Stop right there. Okay, that says that's uh, the camera keeps losing focus. All right, but it's a floppy okay, with a label. It says Coco Friends Disc Magazine. That's what the, that was uh, that uh, CFDM that uh, they were talking about before. That was oh, something that was the other uh, one. like the kind of like the Dragon uh, one. Yeah, Computer Enterprise. Ah, I did have Rick write them. Yeah, he did, and uh, Glenside was distributing those at one point. Hey Brian, I got a question yeah. for you. Are you using OBS? Yes. How are you getting that scroll on the bottom and, and in different colors? Is that a plug-in or is that built in? Is it no? Is it, yeah, it's all it is is just a, a scroll the screen, and I just simply just put the text in and I just uh, adjusted it to uh, have multiple colors and uh, use a funky uh, font. But that's in OBS itself. That's in OBS. Yes. I have not been able to figure out how to do a horizontal scroll. Yeah, like you, you just simply just type in the uh, text. It's uh... so if the text is bigger than the box, it will just start to scroll. Yeah, I set it for scrolling. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'll have to play with that because I want to add a scroll um, for like yeah, websites um, for like Coco Connect and uh, Retro Rewind CA and stuff. I want to add like a a scroll for people who have websites that people can go to mm -hmm. where you can see stuff on the site. Um, all right, we don't have to get into the nits and bits. If that's nope. part of that, we can talk. We can take that offline. I just wasn't sure yeah. if you were using a different plugin for that or something else. Nope, no, 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 no. Okay, because yeah, I actually had to use a plugin to get the ticker up top for our patrons. Um, but if there's a built-in feature, then I'll pursue that. Uh, cool. Um, you know, uh, normally when we look at a guy's uh, room back there, uh, like Patrick. You know, you can look back there and see he's got a computer, but 
Uh, he's got so much stuff, Brian, back there that uh, you can't <laughs> identify any one little thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh and my it keeps God. going. Holy crap. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, more, 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 more. I got stuff. Oh. I got lots of stuff. That, that's what that's what I look for anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, we are we're getting close to the tail end of the show. Uh, it's been a good show. Really enjoyed having Tim and AJ on. A lot of energy from those two. Uh, mm-hmm. What do we got? Anybody got anything they want to share? Show and tell? Update. Bought some new windows. Windows for your vehicle, for your home. No, or? for the house. For that's the house. that's why I had to uh, bug out earlier. Ah, okay. Nice. And reschedule stuff. I already covered my update. I finally updated the games page for yeah, the first Curtis time. Curtis updated months. the games page. Anybody else got anything? Yeah. I got. Oh, I have a question for you, Curtis. Did you uh, update the uh, code for um, Coco Odo? Or OS nine? Uh, no, not yet. I've been okay. too busy with work to update it, so it's basically still the original version I believe. Okay. okay, enough said. Yeah, it's uh, weird to hear somebody say it right. Okay, <laughs> I will show off two things because I've had this for a while, but I just put it together today. Um, but um, I've had the John Strong three D printed case for the Raspberry Pi four hundred to make it look like a Coco three. And I put my Pi 400 in it today, and it's really cool. This is a very, what's the word, rugged, rigid. It's a very rigid case. It's got really good Let's support. Let's see the back. It's got very good support here. Uh, I've got the ports where he designed this, where you could get a whole bunch of, like, extension cords for your USB and your HDMIs and your networks. And you could run all those extenders to kind of flush mount out here where you could have rear mounted USB ports and a network jack and your HDMI one and two and your power. So he set it up to where you could get um, extenders, but then, and there's even room in here to kind of wire manage all those and mount them here. But I just took this nice big hole here, which was the network jack, and I'm just running my three cables through here, which is the uh, HDMI, the power and the mouse. Um, and, and it looks nice. And then the, the, um, the, the, the inlay here for the badge is the exact same size as a real Cocoa badge. And there are new market badges you can buy for that. I would even like to see one that was, you said um, like Cocoa Pie. Instead of it saying like Cocoa 3, I would love to see a badge that's in the Tandy style that actually just said Cocoa Pie. That would be kind of cool. But it's a neat case. Um, this was something he featured for last year's Cocoa Fest. And this is a fundraiser to be working on. Also, a full-size Coco 2 and 3 case replacement, too. So, John's continuing to work on the cases. I got mine put together. It's very cool. And then somebody had asked a while ago when we first started talking about this, is how close in size is this to a real Coco 3? So, I figured I would just show that in comparison to the real Coco 3. So, here's a real Coco 3 right here, which the case is not screwed in, which is why you just heard it snap. And then here's this. And so, it's about, I would say, maybe two-thirds size. It's... Smaller, but not terribly small. It's not like comparing an MC10 to a Coco, right? It's it's fairly fairly close to the size, and it definitely captures the look and feel of a Coco from a Coco 3 to uh, to the Coco Pie. Except and it's Snow White. It is, yeah. This has already been pre-retrobrighted, so you don't have to get out any of that <laughs> kind of stuff, right? So yeah. Um, so that's my own. That's not my only real kind of minor update, but I will say. To that end, uh, segueing into doing the Ron Delvo segue move that I just learned today. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is an update to the Coco Pie now where um, Ron Klein has QB64 working on the Coco Pie now, where it was on there 
but it wasn't compiling properly because it, it wasn't compiling to like ARM code. It was compiling to x86 code. So now QB64 is working on the Cocoa Pie, which is one of a dozen seemingly or a numerous there are numerous development tools and cross assembly cross development tools on the cocoa pie so i've asked ron if him and i can get together and maybe do a video on some of the development tools that are on the cocoa pie because there's a lot of stuff on there that are being mentioned but aren't really being fully um, promoted in a way where somebody would actually maybe want to do it you know when you see it as a headline it's one thing but if you see a little demonstration on what you can do with it like being able to write your code in basic or assembly or C and an editor, save it, press a button and have it pop up in a emulator for you and be able to develop really quickly for Cocoa specific stuff, that's great. Um, and then now that we have the QB64, you can write a program in basic that compiles into a binary that runs at the speed of a modern computer. So you can still do like retro basic type stuff that runs really fast. And so my um, adventure game engine that I'm working on runs in QB64. So the, that, that will now run on the Cocoa Pie. And uh, things like Cosmic Aliens, I'm going to do a new version of Cosmic Aliens in Quick Basic, modern Quick Basic. The original version was written in the old Quick Basic, but it'll run on a modern computer at modern speeds. So there are retro development tools like these cross compilers and there's the um, visual.net editor and there's a bunch of different editors where you can type in stuff with syntax highlighting and use like a what they call an IDE integrated development environment and then have that run your code on a compiler there's a ton of those tools on the Cocoa Pie but we haven't really done a user-friendly how-to video on what these tools are so I've been trying to get Ron uh, you know, get him in a corner, Ron Klein, um, to make one of those videos. So we'll try to we'll try to work on one of those. And also, that's also giving me the kick in the pants. I need to keep working on some of my projects, like my adventure game and things like that. So hopefully, I'll be doing even some of my development on my actual Cocoa Pie now too, since it's all kind of cross-platform. So those are my updates. Anyone not that else? You, not that you don't have much to do, but um, how's your Tandy One Thousand coming? Um, so we did, we, we did a, a little thing last week on Discord and I had Rick Euland and uh, Sloopy help me. I actually recorded it. I haven't posted that video. I, d I do have kind of a disassembly video of the Tandy 1000. Um, long story short, we think it's the power supply. Uh, or at least the power supply is one of the problems because we can't get power to the motherboard to test voltages and continuity in the motherboard because we can't get the power supply to stay on. So. I think one of the problems is the power supply, and there might be more problems like shorts and other issues that we won't know until I get a good power supply. Um, but we did try to troubleshoot it. So you got somewhere. We got somewhere. We 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 it's 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 still not working, but we have an educated guess as to why it's not working at this point, right? So, <laughs> cool. um, but it was kind of neat what I was able to do with that camera. Um, so I got a camera that, that I was recommended to me from the guy who does that retro rewind show. And he got that camera cause it was like a 4k Logitech camera with lots of zoom features stuff like that. So the stuff I was able to do with that camera and get really close in on the motherboard and see things and to be able to have like picture in picture and all this kind of stuff that was built into that Logitech software was really cool. So I, even though I'm not a hardware guy, I'd like to do some more hardware videos. And then that got us talking about doing hardware segments on the show. So I was talking to Rick and Sloopy about it, and we do have some pretty knowledgeable hardware people in here. And what I was hoping would be we could start a series um, like Hardware 101, like really, really basic stuff, like start by going over the symbols of a resistor and a capacitor and, uh, you know, uh, the ground. Well, we just had 
uh, a keyboard install, which right, was right, right. Of, so yeah. I, I think we can start a series on real basic hardware 101, real small nuggets, bite-sized chunks of information on how to learn some concepts on what hardware is, and then start getting into voltmeters, testing things, and then getting into uh, applying it to a specific thing on a Coco, like how to check for a voltage off of this line or that line, and not make it too technical or too long, but make it a series of, you know, uh, gradual progression of knowledge to where at some point in time, most people should have a better understanding on some of the hardware and electrical aspects of a vintage system, you know, so, so that might be a thing that'll be coming in the near future. We won't be able to smell hair burning. <laughs> no, I won't be on the show at all. Yeah, right. But, Maybe. you know, it's like I, I will, I'm never, I don't have the desire to design a circuit. But I wouldn't mind knowing how to desolder something and how to do some basic troubleshooting with a voltmeter. You know, I wouldn't mind knowing that much. Because I hopefully I think I've got the capacity to not only understand that, but maybe physically do certain simple tasks. And that would be a step up for me who's never done anything hardware before. You know, what do we, what do we got there, Rick? Here's so, a soldering 101 project. Oh, my goodness. Did you make a board cube? <laughs> this is like the ladies, yes. <laughs> that uh, the original kit has a little CPU built into it. So it makes designs or it did when I parked it. Um, Paul Barton had one of those. It doesn't, yeah, it's it's quite the soldering task. So, yeah, yeah. You want your soldering final, there you go. And mm -hmm. then, to make <laughs> it even worse, here's an adapter to plug this into a, well, to replace the CPU into, it was originally Arduino, but we'll see where that goes. Ah. But, um, well, anyway. He, he had it going one time, and we just sat there, stared at it for a while. Yeah, it and does. And then he said something and woke me up. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you have to bend every one of those flipping LCDs and solder them together into a cube. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's uh, quite the construct. Yeah. <laughs> Next nice. week, have it on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if I get going again, like I say, it ran when I parked it, so we'll see. AC's 8-bit zone says, so no waveguide theory or general relatively at first, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever he just said, uh, no. <laughs> me X first. Let's let's start off with the difference between positive and negative. <laughs> well, I'm thinking kind of a magazine thing where we can jump around a little bit so we don't get bogged down in okay. Now we're just doing the basics and we are gonna yeah. be doing the basics for. So we'll, we'll see. Remember, remember to stand on the wet floor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. First step into a pool of water. Anybody else have any other updates, acquisitions, anything to share, any reminders, anything you want to plug? Or the Amigos got anything coming up in the near future with streams or shows? Uh, live taping is next week, I believe, for all of their monthly shows, which includes the Coco Show, which I believe they're doing Time Bandit. Time Bandit. Ooh. What was cool is uh, AJ knew, knew how to hold a uh, soldering iron. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was good. All right. Oh. I just booked my hotel for the Cocoa Fest. All right, good for you. There you go. First step. Book your room. Yeah. Yeah, what I did like about last year was that for the first time ever, we had, you know, 80, 90% of the Cocoa Talk panel was together in the same room, which typically never happens. We're all across the country, across the planet, different countries, different states. So the fact that most of us were there in person, if, and if Canada would have been open, we could have had even more in there. But it was really neat because typically we're not 
in person. And maybe only some of us see some of us once a year at Coco Fest or VCF or something. So the fact that a lot of us were there was really kind of interesting because we were typically not a, a live in-person show with a live in-person audience. We're like a virtual panel with a virtual audience, you know? So that was, that was kind of neat. That was history in the making right there for I think all four people that were there to uh, listen to us. So yeah, it was cool. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yes. Uh, Tim Franklin says, if you smell chicken cooking, you're holding the soldering iron wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> or the K-Fry delivery just arrived, one of the two. What's for dinner, huh? Uh, speaking of all these food analogies, are we ready to put a fork in this show? <laughs> yes. All right. I'm getting I'm gonna, hungry. I'm going to do the outro. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, audience, for being here. Tim Franklin, AC's 8-Bit Zone. OG Hugo, Tom Eric Gunnerson, Tim Franklin, Daddy Burrito, and Sixie, Karen, and 8-Bits in the Basement, and Jeremy Landry, and James Jones, and D. Bruce Moore, and L. Curtis Boyle, and so many people are all in here. It's hard to scroll back to see all the people who are in the chat. We even had Chip Monkey was in here. Mikey Furman, Mike Miller was here. So many people. The Taylor and Amy show were here. Uh, Grant Blodow, Blodow, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your name right, and Tim Franklin. David Craker was here. Kevin Holloway, Scott Cooper, Erico stopped by. So many people to join us. Thank you for being here. We're going to cue the outro, and then we'll say our final goodbyes. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Calor computer, MC10, and Dragon systems. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click on the Patreon link on our website, cocotalk.live. Cocotalk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Alan Murphy, Amigos Retro Gaming, Bill Noble, Brian Joyce, Brian Weasler, Curtis Boyle, D. Bruce Moore, Danny O'Connor, David Ladd, Eric Canales, George Jansen, Grant Leedy, James Diffendapper, Jason Reichert, Jim Brain, Ken Reichert, Ken Waters, Mark Bosley, Mark Overholzer, Mikey Furman, Mr. Dave 6309, Nick Morentes, Nick Morota, Nick Morota, Nick Morota, Paul Fiscarelli, Richard Lorbieski, Rick Adams, Rick Ewan, Rob Inman, Ron Delvaux, Samuel Gimes, Sloopy Malibu, Steve Bjork, Terry Steggy, Tom C., and many, many more. Please help support the Coco community. A list of various contributors and resources are available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The original Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. The new Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2020 by D. Bruce Moore. Both are mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. Coco forever! Alright, so Grant has corrected me on the pronunciation. It's pronounced Blado. So Grant Blado, like Play-Doh. Grant Blado, thank you for being here. Eight bits in the basement. Everyone else, 
Uh, final thoughts, final goodbyes, everybody. We were going to say goodbye. Well, about an hour ago, my wife asked me, is the, is the show over yet? <laughs> <laughs> and special thanks to sibling rivalries, Tim and AJ, for joining us today. We enjoyed having you, and best of luck with your continued series. And don't forget to like and subscribe to that channel there, too. <laughs> Scott Cooper, I almost stayed awake the whole time. But I'm an old man. Bye. All right. Say goodbye, everybody. I'm going to press the button. Also, Bye. send some suggestions to AJ and, and Tim for games to try out. Yeah. Send suggestions for yeah. co-op co and in, in competitive games, two-player two type stuff. Cool. By the way, what game is it coming up? Uh, for the Game On Challenge? Yeah. What was the game, Ken Waters? Uh, Juno. Juno. Yeah. It's, Juno. A, it's up in Discord. Thank you. All right. Juno already. We're, we're pressing the button. You know the game. You know. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. See you next week. Bye. All right. And we're off there. Oh, back to 